0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to the TJTV Podcast, episode 500. Man, I can't believe I've gotten this far. 500 episodes. There's a lot of things I'm getting to right now. I have about three interviews lined up, back to back to back to back to back. And my first interview was going to be with Ray Gonzalez. Then John the Ninja is coming on for the first time in over a year. And then Bob Kaplan's coming on too, which, you know... I love doing this type of thing. And originally my plan was just to do a live event for 500 episodes. But to be brutally honest, it was one of the hardest things to do. And I've tried, like, I did toy with the idea. Let's go to Zoom. Let's do it through Zoom and have three people on. And to be honest, I just didn't think the quality would be that good. But you know what? I just can't believe I made it to 500 episodes. And before I, you know, get on with my guests and all this, I do want to say thank you to everyone who has supported me. Thank you for everyone who has been there for me for the 500 episodes throughout the 500 episodes I've been doing and the interviews and everything. Um, And for the people who didn't support me, thank you for that because it made me keep going. So yeah, I mean, I just can't believe 500 episodes later. It It really is a milestone. And I said this before and I'll say it again. After I did 100 episodes of TJ Talks, when it was TJ Talks back then, now it's TJ TV. Different story for a different day. But after I completed 100 episodes, I was just going to be done and just say, you know what? I'm done with podcasting. I'm done doing this whole thing, yada, 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 whatever. So, here we go. Here is the 500th episode. I'm going to do some interviews. I'm going to have some good friends on. It's going to be a really great episode. I hope you guys enjoy it because there's a lot of things that are going on in this episode. So let's take a break. And when we come back, I'll be with Ray Gonzalez. Only on the 500th episode of TJTV. Only on Spotify and Google Podcast. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. Are you a small business owner? you want your business to be promoted on all social media platforms? Well, feel free to email me. TJG. 0114 at yahoo.com and I will promote your small business on Spotify, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram for just a small price. So email me tjg0114 at yahoo.com and I will promote your small business. Okay, so for my first guest, I have about three people coming on, uh, three or four, but Ray Gonzalez returned. It's been what, like a week or so since we talked? Yeah, it's actually you were on last week recently but how how have you been how was your week it was good bro
1: uh we uh we had a little outing yesterday Uh, i was working on some stuff so yeah yeah it's been good how did your music video thing go oh yeah well that we actually we shot that i think the day before i spoke to you last and i i've been editing here and there and it's looking really really good um as soon as it's ready I'll, i'll send it over to you so you can check it out too uh, maybe yeah, you can
0: even have Valerie on, on the podcast for um for a future episode. Yeah, no, I I'm looking for new people. I mean, I love talking to people and I love meeting new people, you know what I mean? What what does she so she's a singer or what does she do?
1: Yeah, yeah, she sings. Well she started out doing this like R and B or when I when I first saw her songs, they were kind of like jazzy R and B type stuff. But uh recently she's been putting out more like Mexican type type music. And I think that's what she's gonna stick with. It's like this, uh, this kind of Mexican genre. Um, but she's she's super dope, and I really hope she keeps making like that jazzy R and B type stuff because it was sounding really really good. Uh, but yeah, her
0: stuff is amazing. Yeah, that's what I, yeah I've noticed. Like I've listened to a lot of songs like out of the U uh, S. Like I've listened to uh, a Korean band, a couple of Russian, uh, you know, bands, and a lot of other people. In different countries and the music is actually really like good I, like I didn't think I would like it but um I work on the radio as you know there's this one show where she this woman plays uh both Polish and American music and the Polish music sounds really good I, I'm I enjoy music from like all over the world to be
1: honest there's so much good music out there and I really what I really enjoy is music in a language that I don't understand I listen to so many songs and in, in korean japanese uh italian because i think i like immersing myself in the sound and not in the lyrics you know what i mean yeah they're yeah, just enjoying yeah enjoying the sound not really paying attention to what it's saying just kind of like having it play and and fully like just immersing yourself in that i i enjoy it
0: yeah when i so i took a class in school it was called the history of rock and roll and uh I asked my teacher, I was like, this may be a stupid question, but the bands that go all over the world, like to a different country where they don't speak a lick of English, I was like, is there like a teleprompter of of what their music is actually saying? And he was like, no, it's just the sound. He was like, the sound brings people, brings uh, them to Germany, China, wherever they're touring. I'm like, that's pretty interesting. It's interesting how like sounds can make, you like a band just from, you're not knowing what they're saying, but you just like the, the way their music sounds, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's something magical. It's like, you hear this sound and it just completely grips you. And that's happened to me a couple of times. Like there's this, there's this band right now. You, every, like, you need to go check it out. Um, it's called Seesong Neon. It's Korean. And it's like indie rock. And every single one of the songs that they put out is com- completely just masterful. And it's so weird because it's only like four inch. It's like old school rock almost, like mellow type rock. But all of their songs are just so beautiful. And I don't understand a lick of, of the lyric. Like <laughs> I, I don't know what they're saying at all. But then I go back and I try to find the translations and it's like, oh, this is these lyrics are actually pretty deep, pretty
0: nice. But the music, the sound is so beautiful. Yeah. And do you ever like look at lyrics of songs and realize and understand like what they're really talking about? Or do you ever like see like a subliminal message in music when you look at lyrics?
1: Yeah, but not as much. I don't think I've 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 really dove deep into the lyrics and their meanings like for this you mean for like the songs that you used to listen to when you were little that you didn't really know quite what they meant yeah i haven't done that but i think if i do it i'll find a lot of deep stuff that i didn't understand before
0: i took a class and we had to read um lyrics to blurred lines and um my Mm. teacher she was very against the song but we had to read it and she was just like when you read the song you don't i don't want you to sing it, but i want you to read the lyrics out loud and then we're going to talk about it and reading the lyrics were actually really bad like like i used to love that song i sang at a karaoke but like reading the lyrics to songs like that just really like made me think like these people are kind of like crazy with their lyrics i see what you're
1: talking about well I kind of did notice that, I think some part of me noticed how all of the lyrics in like Western music were just degrading so much. they they all the songs started mentioning just like, uh, just so degenerate, like <laughs> you know, it's all sex and it's all violence and it's all like uh wrongdoing. <laughs> it's ungodly stuff. So part of me noticed that and it was like, I don't, I don't want that for me. I don't want I don't want to have that blasting in my ears 24-7. So I think that's why I made a conscious effort to to listen to music in other languages that that I couldn't like be programming myself with like negative messages.
0: Yeah, no, I I love like I said, I love music in other uh, in other languages because you can't understand. But once you read the lyrics, that's when you kind of like like, oh, this is what it meant. Um, the one Korean band I listen to, it's Japanese band actually. It's a heavy metal band called Balzac and the that's their music's pretty interesting. It's just a screamo Japanese band. It's really good. I enjoy I enjoy listening to them sometimes. My wife not so much.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I'm into I'm into a lot of it. I'm into a lot so much stuff. There's so many talented people in the world so and i try to find those who kind of don't have a following as much too and support them if i can
0: you ever hear of so- the cat who soko s-o-k-o she mm-hmm. she's from sweden i believe she has a good i mean she's still like she sings in english but also she has like a little bit of her accent so you can kind of tell where she's from but she's has some good songs out there. I, I listen to her sometimes. I forget the one band, but it was in uh, it was a Russian band in John Wick. It was it was in like the first movie, and I listen to it all the time. I can't remember what the what they're called, but it's a great song. That's a good song to listen to if you're a John Wick fan.
1: John Wick, no, even though I kind of look like John Wick, I haven't seen any of those movies.
0: It, you kind of do look like John Wick a little bit with the hair. Like, you should. Yeah, Have, you ever thought... hair. <laughs> Have you ever thought about, like, doing, like, going to, like, a Halloween party or going out as John Wick for Halloween? You, because you could pass for that, honestly. I'm
1: considering it now. I hadn't, I hadn't really considered that before. But, yeah, maybe
0: I can pull it off. Just got to wear a nice, like, tuxedo and uh grow out the facial hair and all that. I
1: might try that this year. See how it goes. It might not land though. <laughs> I've never seen you with facial hair though. This is as far as it grows. This is really as good as it gets. Yeah. I, I I my my face will not grow facial hair. Has it always been like that, or is it just? Yeah. 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 I I don't know. I something my genetics just won't do it.
0: I used to, whenever I would try to grow facial hair, like only one side would grow and the other side would just be peach fuzz. So I had to shave it all. Like you can kind of still see it a little bit, like how it's like kind of like trying to grow, but it's not fully growing in. Not a fan of it.
1: Yeah. I was always super self-conscious about it. And because in high school too, one of my best friends, um, um, he was a year older than me and he had so his beard was so full and thick in high school and i was like bro how how is how does this boy have all this beer like this and i literally got nothing like <laughs> 33 now and this is as good as it this is as good as it got <laughs> so uh but I, i'm i used to be really broken up about it i used to be really messed up about it i wanted fish but now i'm
0: like uh I'm all good. I like, yeah, I like it. I don't mind it. It's, I mean, I used to be like that. I think everyone was self-conscious. I mean, I was always self-conscious in high school as well. Like I want to say freshman and sophomore year were the worst years uh, to be self-conscious because it was, it was just like, I don't know. I always felt like there were better. There were like people that looked better than me and, I was just an ugly kid. I always thought of that, like like going into high school, but like once I got to my junior senior year, I just let it all go. I was not self-conscious anymore. you know even today, I still am a little bit at, at my job, but you know
1: I'm super self-conscious I don't know what it is about me though. I'm super, super extremely self-conscious, but then I can kind of break it. I can kind of um, put on this persona that's so confident and absolutely just arrogant almost. And when that takes over, when that persona takes over, uh, forget it, bro. Like, I'm like, I'm like the top of the top. I'm like the, the coolest kid in school. And it's like a really weird dynamic because I have like really, really low lows and then really high highs. <laughs> it but it doesn't feel bipolar or anything or out of my control. It's just kind of like, it's like a really funny dynamic uh, that I can kind of bring that out of myself. And, and then I'm like, bro, you're not that guy. Like quit acting like that. You're not that guy.
0: (laughs) But yeah, it's just, it's funny. It's funny to me. That's what I'm saying. Like I, uh, do you ever miss high school? Uh, no, not really. I was some.
1: Some time ago, I wish that I could have gone back and like done things better because I was like this really awkward thing. And back and back in high school, I spoke very little English too, so i like, I wasn't like the most popular because of that. I feel like if I had known English back in high school, if I if I had the ability to like speak um fluently, I would I would have had such a better time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I I wasn't popular in high school and I was at the same time in a sense. So like when I got out of eighth grade, my sister graduated high school and she told all of her friends to look after me. So I was like the coolest freshman. And then like once everybody graduated ahead of me, I was by myself because I never hung out with kids my age. But um, when it comes to going back to high school, I don't want to go back. Like I I do and but I don't at the same time. I have a love hate relationship.
1: Yeah, there's very little in my life that I that I want to go back to. Sure, there's mistakes and stuff you could have done better, but it's never like it's never like oh I I want I want to go back there or like there's I just I enjoy every moment and I'm grateful for every moment and I'm just grateful that those moments got me to where i am even if where i am right now might not be the best or might not be ideal i'm still so grateful to be here and um yeah yeah
0: Yeah, it's a funny it's a funny thing and even with time travel, like i always thought like if i could travel back in time what i what would i do to what would i do and to like tell my like tell myself like 10 years ago what would i tell him and then i always thought like I shouldn't tell him anything because I could alter the timeline. Yeah, don't like, tell that boy nothing. I don't know. What, what would you do? And that's it. Like, would you sit? Would you do that? Or would you like just. No. No, oh, no, you would gonna... not mess with the timeline at all. Keep the
1: timeline as it is. Because like, you know, that butterfly effect, who knows, like whatever little thing you alter. Like, who knows what that's going to mean? Like years down the road, like I might not be the same person I am right now, and who knows who that person is going to be? So yeah,
0: I I would not touch it. Well, there's a there's a theory out there that um in the in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming or do you ever see you saw all the Spider-Man's right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I have.
0: Did you see the one where all three of them were in the same, like uh, Toby McGuire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland were all in the same? Yeah, I remember that. that. Well, there's a theory that Andrew Garfield Spider-Man screwed up the timeline because he saved, uh, for a spoiler, he saved Zendaya from falling off the um, Statue of Liberty, and yeah. when he do that with Gwen back in 2012. He couldn't save her, but but since saving Zendaya, that just altered the timeline and screwed it up for you know him. You know what I mean. So there's a theory out there about that.
1: That's gonna be so cool if they do make a new movie and they touch on that, how Zendaya was supposed to die, in that scene. And how, yeah, later on it's gonna make trouble for everybody. Like that decision is gonna it's gonna make trouble.
0: I think uh, I think they're going to be. There's going to be another film with all three of them one more time, and it's going to alter something. There's something going on in the Marvel universe that I don't know about. You know. Yeah,
1: I'm excited, bro. The Marvel Marvel is doing it right. Whoever the writers are down there, they're doing an amazing job. Props to them.
0: What's your who- like who's your favorite superhero?
1: I don't know if I have one. I really don't know if I have one. Um, hmm. I, I um, was a, Iron Man. I was was really dope when he came out. I was so excited, like the first ever movies, like the first Iron Man. But I wouldn't call him my favorite. I don't know who my favorite is.
0: I'm a big Spider-Man guy. Yeah, Spider-Man was always my favorite. And probably always will be my favorite. Um, I I I don't know. I liked the Iron Man, and then like I don't know, I just kind of fell off the bandwagon. Same with Captain America. Like the first couple of Captain Americas were okay, and then I just kind of fell off.
1: You know the characters I like. Um, it's always like, uh, do you know the, that video game, uh, Devil May Cry? Yeah. Um, did you ever play that Dante?
0: I play I play bits and pieces a little bit.
1: Yeah Dante was one of my favorite, favorite all-time favorite characters um and my favorite characters are always the, the ones that that are supposed to be evil like they're they're born evil like Dante was the son of like the devil basically or the son of the devil and an angel so like characters who are supposed to be evil by nature but they overcome it and they become and they rise to be heroes like those are my all-time favorite stories yeah,
0: yeah. I, uh, do you, do you favor villains at all or no?
1: I don't know if I favor them, but I do enjoy their stories. Like I like, I like stories where you, under, they show you why the villain is the villain, like why he is the way he is. Like he's not just a crazy person. Like when a villain's just a crazy person who wants to do evil for no reason, but, like that's bad. That's scary. But most villains have a reason. And it's really a messed up reason sometimes. And it's not their fault. Um, there's a lot of things that went wrong in their life. Uh, kind of like the Joker. Did you see the Joker?
0: Uh, no, I did not see the Joker, but I want to watch it. Yeah, it's on Netflix now. They they just added it a few weeks ago. I think. But he had a really messed up life, and which caused him to become the Joker. Yeah, just like, su- like super messed up, tragic
1: event after one right after the other. Um and uh and that's why he's so you know so messed up in the end. Mm.
0: Joker's just a kid. He's what? He used to scare me as a kid. I don't know why. I just really? had like Yeah I had a weird thing about clowns. Yes. But like clowns don't scare me anymore, but to Joker, like he was just a Really scary, like motherfucker. When I first saw him, I don't know what it was. It was in the it was in the series called The Batman. It was a it was an animated series that came out in like two thousand four, and the Joker was really demonic. Uh, not demonic, but he had like long, slick back hair. He was just crazy. I hated him. I was scared of him as a kid. I still get a little freaked out by him from time to time.
1: Do You know. Who really used to scare me and probably still does a little to this day yeah. miss Piggy from the Muppets <laughs> bro I was absolutely terrified of her like crazy like a panic like she was so creepy to me why I she's just creepy bro especially because Kermit is like this like super skinny cute guy and then piggy's like this huge pig with like a horrible crazy nose and <laughs> scary eyes. I just was not having it, bro. Every time she... Oh, no, 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 no. I still have some PTSD left over from, from the Muppets, I
0: think. <laughs> I used to be afraid of uh, Count Dracula from uh, Sesame Street and Big yeah. Bird. <laughs> Big Bird? <laughs> yeah, my yeah. brother would scared of Big Bird, I think. Oh, Big Bird! Like the thing is with that, like when you're a kid, you don't like. I guess with me in my screwed up mind, you you don't know that Big Bird is fake or Count Dracula is fake. Like I thought they were real, and like Big Bird has that like with his mouth, his like beaks like super freaking long, and Count Dracula is just it's crazy. Yeah those those guys scare me still. I would never watch let my kids watch those shows. Really?
1: It's so crazy when you think when you think about like how how a child's mind works, right? It's so different than you imagine.
0: It, and like that's the thing like I I used to watch Barney a lot and people think Barney's scary, but Barney was by far the best character. I liked Barney back in the day, but yeah. but uh the one the one show I would never, never, ever let my kids watch would be Caillou. I hate that kid. Caillou. <laughs> you know, Caillou, would, Caillou. My niece used to watch Caillou constantly. And every time we would be like, hey, uh, can you go do this? She was like, I don't want to do it. She would act like the like Caillou. I'm like, this oh, yeah, is growing on on her. This is not good. Yeah, so I would never let any of my kids watch Caillou or Sesame Street. Hate those guys.
1: There is a lot of shows like that that kind of program subconsciously, like little children, to act in a really not like a not good way. Uh, what was the Peppa Pig was one of them? I heard.
0: I remember. Yeah, I remember Peppa Pig. Whatever
1: happened to that show? Is that
0: show still around?
1: It's probably still around, but I never let my daughter. watch. I I really early on I. I heard about that, and I was like, "Yeah, we're not watching this." But I think she did like Caillou. I just don't remember what happens in it. I never watched it. I remember that little song. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but you know, you know what though? Uh, there's this. I I saw. I've been following a lot of like um, religious. I was always very non-religious my whole life, right? And I've been following like uh, some religious content creators. Um, they talk about like God, the Bible, all this. And I've been seeing people who are making content like um, consciously, like spiritual, con- like content intended for kids to consume, but it's like with good messages with without all that Peppa Pig, all that Caillou stuff in it. You know, it's more more conscious and aware for little kids. Oh wow! I I'm really into it. I I. I, I'm going to, I'm going to try to keep up with that and see what that's about. I like the idea. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, I was never religious, but I went to, I've been to church a few times and then I just stopped going because the church, there was a church down the street from where my mom lived and we would always go, my sister and I would always go. But I think when she stopped going, I, uh, I never went, but, religion has always like the whole story with God and religion has always scared me growing up. And it still does to this day because like, I guess you could say, I don't understand it, but like with the whole thing with like Jesus getting um crucified on the cross and then it, it's the whole thing just freaks me out. And my wife, she was uh, in Catholic school her whole life until she hit high school. And like, she told me all the time, like, you know, we had to pray, we had to learn about God, we had to confess sins. And it's just some of the things that like, religion does, does freak me out. You know what I mean? That's why I don't ever go to church, because I'm just like, I guess you can say I'm afraid of it. I get you. I get you. Because I was the same way when I
1: was a little kid. There was a church right across the street from my grandma's house. And it was a Catholic church. And they had a lot of uh, saints. And well, the big crucifixion statue and it's all oh, horrifying it's so terrifying I was like why would anybody like why would they ask me to come in here this is not okay like this is not okay for kids like imagine like little kid coming into a place and seeing like a crucified Jesus that's not cool like don't do that to a little kid um but I yeah I, what I believe now is you should not expose little kids to religion early on like it's not a good idea yeah, it's a good idea uh it, it'll it'll affect them it'll brainwash them it'll confuse them they're not ready for it i think religion and and those type of you know that's why the occult is the occult all of those uh esoteric traditions that that, that you would consider the occult it's not they're not occult because they don't want you to know it they're occult because you're you have to be ready to to know about it. Like people who are not ready for it are just, it's just going to mess them up. It has to be someone who's actively searching it out and ready to receive it. Because if you're just uh, bringing it down on, on people at random when they're not ready for it, it's just going to mess them up. And that's what people are doing to kids when they, when they take them to church like that and they try to push religion down on kids. I'm not, I'm not cool with that. I'm not for that.
0: Do you think when people push religion down on kids, it screws them up to like till they're uh, like an adult and like as an adult or screwed up, do you think that happens as well?
1: Yeah. 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 But I think, I think what it is is so a little kid's brain is trying to make sense of, of everything, right? That's just, that's what you do. Like as a human and as a human, you're trying to take on, take in all this information and process it, make sense of it. So until you reach adulthood you have no hope of overcoming it. So you have to wait I think until you're like a good maybe 25 years old before you can even begin to um what do you call it deprogram yourself or relearn uh reinterpret stuff. Um so you have that's why you have to be really mindful with with kids and religion I don't think I don't think you should be, i don't think people should be doing that i think it's good to talk to them a little bit about it like uh what do you call it um just give them bits and pieces it's the same the same reason you wouldn't talk to a little kid about sex yeah and all this stuff you know you shouldn't talk to them about all this other like religious things either i suppose it'll it'll mess them up it'll confuse them
0: yeah, and that, like I believe so. Like I believe that there's a God, and I believe in all that stuff. But like, there's one girl on TikTok who's very, like, she's very Christian, and she's like, "I'm married to God." uh This, that, and the third. And I posed a question. I said, "Would you ever date a guy who is a different religion than you?" And she said, "No." Because he has to be married to God first, I'm like, well, what if he married? What if he gets married? What if he marries himself to God? What would you consider? And she said, no, because he wasn't a born Christian. If you had to, she was like, I only date people who are born again or who are born Christians. I was like, but that's. She was like, I'm only, I'm only going to do that, and I don't want anyone who has committed a sin in their lifetime. And I'm just like, that's almost everybody. You're not going to find somebody who hasn't committed a quote-unquote sin. And I asked her, I was like, what's a quote-unquote, what's a sin to you? She was like, drinking, uh, premarital sex, and I forget what the other one was. And I said, that's half the world. Like, You can't just save yourself for one person because that's what you think God wants you to do. And And she was like, well, I was exposed to this. I was exposed to not doing all this at a young age. I was like, okay, that explains it. You know?
1: Yeah, there's there's so so much of that. Um and I don't know, my case my case was very different because my parents never tried to get me to go to church or anything. Um I think it was my grandma that kinda was trying. But um I don't remember. But my family was always very hands off, you know. They, they are not big believers in anything my dad my dad I could say he's Catholic but he's not like a big you know he doesn't make a big deal out of it we never talk about any of it um so they opened up this space for me to kind of just uh navigate it on my own and and understand it and you know yeah that's that well no go uh, go on I I couldn't imagine what it'd be like for a person who grows up in like a really religious household, who is indoctrinated with all these things from from an early age. I would I couldn't even begin to imagine what that even feels like, what that what that reality is. like.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like how it's kind of like I feel the same way when it comes to Amish people because kids growing up in Amish community, uh, the Amish community, they don't know that they don't know what they're doing like they don't know that they live that they're living the way that, like i'm trying to like word this a different way and i'm just, like trying to, but like kids don't know what they're doing like kids don't know what's going on in the, in the world like they don't know that there's a whole nother world other than like the amish community or the christian community like kids are just so in. like you said they're already absorbed in because of what their parents are making them do and it's not their parents are making them do that it's just how their parents grew up and the lifestyle that they lived you know
1: yeah i mean i'm not i wouldn't blame them i wouldn't i wouldn't um i wouldn't put the blame on them because they don't know any other way of doing things like that that's just how they survive that's how they understand life so it's not their fault that they're doing that to the kids uh, they're doing what they think is right. They're doing what they think is best. They're doing what they know how to do. So. So, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know what I'm I don't know what the, what the answer is here. I don't know what I'm trying to say with this. Um, It's just so many like you don't really realize how different people's lives are, how different reality is for each person even yeah. people who you have a lot of things in common with even your coworkers, even people who live right in the, the same city as you the same country as you you have no idea how entirely different their their whole reality is now imagine like someone from a different religion or a different tradition or yeah
0: it's just crazy crazy to think about i always look at it this way like you look in your closet and you see your whole world but if you look in someone else's closet their world is completely different than what you have lived or experienced or done that's the way i look at it cuz i'm sure like me and you we've had we come from you you grew up in mexico right right yes and i grew up in america so like you probably had a you had a different experience than what i grew up living in you know, the United States. So it's, it's interesting just to think how people, like what people went through growing up as kids, but it it just, you know, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard to explain, I feel
1: like. It is, it is but I think it, we should attempt, we should try. Um, Cause that's, what's going to really lead us to kind of understand each other better. I think most of the problems is just that, that ignorance, that lack of understanding one another that's where all of these um problems generate from um the ignorance that's that's what it is um but um yeah i had i had some i had like this revelation that just that just came over me and i, I completely it's gone now I, it's <laughs> gone. I hope it comes back if it does i'll tell you
0: <laughs> yeah no but Wow, we went into really deep conversations, music and religion. That's a verse. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing, if you think yeah. about it.
1: Like music, like Taylor Swift with all her Swifties, bro. That's a cult. That's church.
0: Oh, don't get me started. Uh, I I used to love Taylor. I used to have a huge crush on her. I used to be really a real big fan, and then like she just got too wild and her fan base they're mean people like if you cross like the Taylor Swift line say you don't like her her fan base is going to come after you and I I can't deal with it
1: like it's a, it's a it's a religion bro it's a cult are you you like Taylor Swift though right oh yeah well I I really really liked her a lot when she was first when she came out I was crazy about Taylor Swift not so much now, though. No, because of the cult that's coming. No, it's not even. It's not even that. I think just the music that she's been put out. She's been putting out. I I, I don't know. Her her early stuff was incredible. So so good to me. But um, now I just I am not vibing with it. I still support her. Like I like her. Uh, not so much her fans, maybe, but I like Taylor still. So with my
0: thing with Taylor Swift is she's probably the most down to earth person. She's probably really nice in uh in reality. But her fans, they want they want to be so much like her, but a lot of her fans aren't like her. They're, they're com- <laughs> the complete opposite of what she is. And I think she I think their fans just don't like that, you know, they want to be like her, but they're never gonna be like her, and they just attack people who attack Taylor. Because a lot of people don't like Taylor Swift, and you know that's her fans it's are just crazy. nuts.
1: It's crazy. as wild. It's no different from a religion. Like, like you got Muslims and Christians over here. Like, if you say something wrong about Christianity or something wrong about Muslims, then you get you know it's if you say something wrong about Swifties, like there's just a big big religion almost. Um. Yeah. It's that's why somebody once said that if you don't find a god to worship or something you'll have this like god uh, size hole and something else will fill it you know and and sometimes that's Taylor Swift sometimes that's K-pop sometimes that's you know whatever else it is that people who don't really um Actively find like this spiritual practice, they'll start worshiping other stuff, they'll start worshiping random stuff, and that's where you get Swifties, that's where you get Taylor Swift and uh, idolizing all like the wrong thing. You
0: know yeah, what I mean? yeah, now I get that. Um, let's see what time I don't even know what time it is. Wow, we've only been doing this for like 25 minutes, <laughs> it feels longer, really. It does. I mean, it's. Pure. I mean, it says it's only like twelve fifty five.
1: I think we've gone. We got. We almost. It's almost been an hour. We started
0: at what? 12, Twelve twenty five. It was one of those, yeah. But no, um. Yeah, I, I just religion. The whole thing scares me. That that's that's my whole point. You know.
1: Yeah, it sh- it should. It should. It is scary. But like life is scary, you know.
0: Yeah, so like I do you ever like get that one person that always says like don't do this, don't do that because they're scared of what could happen? Like do you believe in just doing like living every day like it's your last?
1: I believe in living every
0: day like it's your first. Like it's your first? Yes. Why is that? Like, what is so, the story about? Uh, it,
1: it when you when you do, you know how when you do something for the first time, uh, when you, you ha- have your first kiss, when you hold hands with a girl for the first time, you know how magical those moments are. You remember them. Like, you probably still remember your first the first girl you kissed. You probably yeah. still remember the first time you went to a place. The first time you went to the beach the first time whatever those moments are so so magical right but then if you keep kissing that same girl it kind of you you without without realizing you notice that it's just oh it's, I'm just kissing her now it's, there's no magic in it right you it kind of just becomes routine it becomes um common like a like a mundane thing that just kind of happens in your life now so you lose the appreciation for it you no longer appreciate how magical that thing is so that's why i believe you should be living every day as if it's your first day like everything you do cherish it so much as if you were doing it for the as if that if it was that first time just as much as the first time that it happened um And if you do, if you can do that, you'll find the magic in things. You'll find so much magic in your life
0: all the time. I like that. That's a good one. That's a good answer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I live every day. Like I should probably start living every day. Like it's my first, I live every day. Like it's my last because you never know what could happen. I mean, Something an asteroid could come and like destroy my uh complex, or you know we could go into a, another world war where we're going to be doing Zoom calls all over again. I mean we don't know, but it's just like you got to do, you got to live life. And my uh, uh, someone I know, I'm not going to say who they are. They told us, you know, if you don't want to, if you and uh, Tori don't want to have kids, it's fine, but um. Because this world's scary. And then I thought about it, I'm like, you're right about that. The world is scary, but I'm not gonna stop my life. I'm not gonna pu- put a pause on my life because of the scary world out there. I'm not gonna put a pause on my life if there's like a school shooting. Like, you know what I mean? I can't I-, I can't do that.
1: You know? No no no, you gotta have faith. That's what faith is. That's what religion always talks about, faith. And people don't I think people don't get it. They don't understand it. But it's that's what it is. That's exactly what you just said. You can't live in fear. You can't be thinking about what can go wrong. Um, because that's a lack of faith. That's a person yeah. who has no faith.
0: And then if you do think like if you do think of the wrong thing, it's gonna happen. Yeah. Like, yeah, I that's the thing. Like I I always think of the worst, but then before i do it i always think of the positive i think of like this is this is what's going to happen this is a good thing that's going to happen today or this is a good thing that's going to happen later on <clears throat> that, that's the way i look at it yeah that's
1: a good way to look at it i i i don't know if i do that i certainly i think i want to do that but i think that i do something else different i something else entirely which is no matter what's happening to me no matter what it is no matter if it's good or bad i'm cherishing it um i'm being grateful for it if i if i get hit by a car if i if if i'm in a car wreck if i whatever it is i'm grateful i'm i'm thankful i cherish it no matter what it is um because otherwise like the the opposite of that would be like cursing cursing your life yeah if you get in a car wreck you curse me why me you know and I don't want to live like that so yeah no matter what happens I'm grateful
0: that's what you got to be I mean I'm not really grateful about the football games last night but you know that's a different story (laughs) yeah I uh, was at my father-in-law's last night and um I I compare him to an aunt of mine because whenever whenever I would go over to my aunt's house, I was never hungry because I was all like she would make like a a big thing of food and her dad does it like he made a uh, quesadillas, spaghetti, scallops. I'm just like this is a lot of food and I went I went home and I'm like I'm full I can't eat anymore and I kind of want to go back because he makes some pretty good food but. Yeah, that, that was my whole weekend. Just hanging out, not doing anything. You know? Yeah,
1: that sounds sounds relaxing. Some, sounds like something I want to do.
0: The weirdest thing was, though, we saw a squirrel and it was sick. And it, <laughs> it's under my stove out there. It's like, there's a dead squirrel under my stove. And I'm just like, I don't want to get rid of like I feel weird just picking up an animal that just like died you know I'm all over the place today I'm going on different topics and tangents
1: no that's the best bro that's that's what I like about talking talking to you we just we end up talking about all this other stuff yeah I had to I had to pick up a dead chicken once and
0: it was sad I I did not enjoy that I did not enjoy it I ran over a uh, not a possum. I ran over a a groundhog once by accident. I I hate that like running over animals. It's just like it's so
2: heartbreaking.
1: Yeah, I remember my pup, One of my puppies years ago got ran over, mm. and when it got ran over, my brother ran out into the road to kind of check if he was okay. So all I see is my brother rushing out. I stayed inside. My brother rushes out and through the window, I see him. He gets to the puppy on the road. He sees him and he just does this kind of thing. And he starts like, uh, what do you call it? He's like, fuck. And I start crying. Um, And I, I don't think I cry because the puppy was dead. I'm not. It's not so much that the puppy died. It's my brother. I I don't want to see him uh, suffer. Like that just upset me so much. I'm like I don't want this for him. That's what got me. Like I don't want to see him like that.
0: Yeah, I uh I had to bury my dog once. Um, my family dog, and um, my uncle and his and my cousin came over, dug a six foot hole. And we put him in and that was the worst, like, that was, for me, that was suffering, like crying all, like, I cried all day and my, my parents didn't really care. And I was like, that dog was your best friend. Like, you, you two love that dog. And like, now that he's gone, you don't care. Which I thought was really weird. You know what I mean? Like they had a dog that loved them, and then they didn't really care. They didn't even like care to go and like bury him or anything. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know. They might have. They might have had other things on their minds to worry about. I find it hard. Like I told you last time, I'm not an. I'm not a animal person at all. I don't. I don't like animals and i some people would say that's a red flag i've seen like memes how if a guy doesn't like animals like that's a red flag but i just can't bro i can't do it um i uh and uh, when my puppy died my other puppy um they're not my puppies um my sister got them and then they moved away and i'm i'm stuck here with them
2: <laughs> i <laughs>
1: But um, the older one passed away, and we had to bury it. I dug a hole for them, uh, and yeah, there was nothing. Like there was, there was nothing. I, 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 I want to say I love them. I want to say I did love the puppy, the, the dog. It was a Chihuahua, but I don't know if that's true. <laughs> we like I didn't hate them. I didn't hate them. I, I like I took care of it, but I don't know if I love them. No, not the way other people love their dogs. Like I see the way people love their dogs. I'm like, I don't think
0: I I do that. I, so here's the thing. I love, like, if it's my dog, I'll love the dog. If it's like a family member's dog, I love the dog. But like, I'll never forget. There are these neighbors that live two doors down from my mom's and they had um, a bunch of little dogs and Chihuahua sized dogs too. And They had about seven of them. Seven of these dogs would get out and chase you like a squad of them would chase you down the road if you passed their house. It was really scary. Like growing up, like I would always just run away from like all these dogs.
1: I find that if I used to, I used to be scared of them. But now whenever there's dogs chasing me, I just kind of turn to them and just welcome them. And they're usually fine. They usually just want, they're curious. They want to see what's going on. Who's over there. You let them sniff you and they'll, they'll be happy.
0: One dog uh, did come after me. Well, actually a couple dogs. So one Chihuahua sized dog came after me skateboarding, tried to bite my foot, which was kind of weird. And then it ran away. And then a pit bull came after me back in 2007. That was the scariest one, the pit bull. So my neighbor had these, it was at my mom's house before I moved out, but he had these pit bulls that would stay out all year round and there was a fence and I, I'm just casually walking my dog and this pit bull like sees me climbs over the fence and starts chasing me down the road. My dog, he's a small little thing. He got out of his collar and went after the pit bull to defend me. That's a brave little guy he yeah he uh he knew he knew like that dog was coming after me
1: yeah see that's why I don't that's why I don't fuck with dogs bro I don't I don't trust animals like I don't I don't know what they're thinking I don't know what they want what they're thinking like I don't know I I just I, I keep them away from me I
0: don't I don't want animals <laughs> see I there's certain dogs i'll'll I'll tolerate but other than pit bulls I'm not a big fan. I hate pit bulls with a passion. And, and like, for whoever's listening, it's not that I hate dogs. Pit bulls are just not my favorite type of dogs.
1: No, I just saw on TikTok these videos of, of I don't know what breeds they were, but they're huge. There's some Asian breeds. Like, huge monster dogs, right? They'll fight bears and shit. And I'm like, who, bro? No, who's who's out here raising, breeding these things? Like, kill that thing with fire, bro. Kill it with fire. That's a monster like that's that's a literal monster you should not be breeding those things it's so I, scary like
0: faces too it's so it, bad so there are dogs out there that are scary and that are pretty big like you just explained um one of the worst dogs out there are wolves like wolves and i guess i guess coyotes but i don't know if they're a type of dog but wolves are scary i actually encountered one in uh at one of my old jobs back in back like four or five years ago like I'm just I used to clean cars at a enterprise as, as I clean this car I feel like something's behind me and I look over I see a wolf and it's like growling at me and I run in real quick thank God it didn't come after me but I told my manager and the wolf was gone he's like the little boy he cried wolf I was like no it was right there two minutes ago so wolves are are scary i bet
2: i've
1: seen one in a zoo once i've seen i saw two of them and they were they look pretty big yeah i would not i, I would not go near them yeah bears bears too
0: bears coyotes cougars like all that stuff is super scary i never encountered a bear but uh or coug- i never yeah. But that wolf was there. I know it was there. But I, I never want to encounter anything like that again. No. But, um, yeah, no, that's... uh probably wrap up. But, yeah. um, yeah, no, 500 episodes later. And I have uh, Ray and I have a couple more people. A couple more guests that you that have been on the show before. So, this is fun. That's a milestone, bro. 500 episodes. That's... I was going but after my hundredth, to be honest, like I started this thing nine years ago. And then when I got to a hundred episodes, I was just like, you know what? I should just stop. I thought more and more about, I'm just like, I got to continue. There's no other way I can just like stop. You know? You did it, man. I don't know how I don't. Yeah. That's, that's admirable. That's so admirable. Yeah. I mean, The thing with that, though, like 500, like I never thought I would ever make it this far, but I never thought of the guests I would have on. Like I've had people who were on TV and movies back in the day and they agreed to come on. And even now, like it's still like I still get like questions like, how did you get these people? I'm like, "I I don't know. I just asked. That's it. Like, you know.
1: Yeah. 500. That's. That's something else. You're you're doing it right, TJ. I'm happy to be here, bro. Every time I'm here with you, I'm I'm happy to be a part of this.
0: Thank you. Yeah, no, I mean, so there's a little, I'll keep this in because I told everybody, uh, I made a show about this last year. After uh, June of 2025, I'm going to be done with TJTV altogether. I'm going to make another podcast and probably just do like like a rebrand i guess like i'm i want to be done with the whole like my whole version of TJTV. just to say i did something for 10 years and then just make like another like i guess like an interview channel just like just do interviews and not talk about like you know what my views are on certain subjects like not like i usually do for my show but that's what i'm thinking of doing in the next like I guess a year and a half or maybe, would it be a year and a half? Yeah, probably like a year and a half. 2025 yeah. of June. Almost yeah, two years. Almost two, yeah, almost two years. So, yeah, after after next June, TJTV will be done, you know?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. I, 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 I do think whatever you come up with next is going to be amazing and just fun and like you have all this 10 year trajectory already you know all this experience so so it it will be exciting and it'll be new it'll be something special yeah thank
0: you but uh thanks again for doing this i got a couple more people coming on later on so uh
1: yeah all right yeah i had a great time as always thanks looking forward That's- to it likewise i'll talk to you soon all right peace out
0: peace all right that was with ray gonzalez okay let's take another quick break probably just going to play a song real quick and then we're going to jump right into john the ninja who's coming on in just a few moments
3: It seems while I was sleeping
0: My next guest, John the Ninja. How have you been? It's been a long time, actually. I mean, we talked on the phone like, what, like about a month ago, right?
4: God damn, it, yes, it is. But, ladies and gentlemen, let me stop here. It is John the Ninja representing my boy TJ 500 episodes, man. All right, let me break character out of the ninja zone. I'm coming to you as John Johnson, man. How incredibly proud I am of you, bro. You are, ladies and gentlemen, I know y'all only seen me once on the podcast, but let me tell you, Every time I have a conversation with TJ, we could talk last week. We could talk two months ago, man. He always encouraging, always happy to be living his life, man. I remember one time I was trying to sneak back into an old workplace. He was like, "Yo, you ain't got to sneak in. Here's the door open. I'm like, yeah. So, man, congratulations. How do you feel? Like, that is such a milestone. Like, that's like when I did my 100th concert and I was grabbing people left and right to kind of hype it up. Like, what's, the, what's that response for you? Been Like, man, I know it's got to be like a, a feeling of pride.
0: It it is. I mean, so I told this to uh, my last guest, uh, Ray, who's been on the show before. I told, I said, um, after episode one hundred, I was going to be done, like I like, and then like I decided, well, why not keep it going and see how far I can get because, you know, there's so many things to talk about after a hundred episodes. So I mean, five hundred episodes—that's that's a big accomplishment. Honestly, I, I feel really good about that.
4: Man, you're like, you're just radiant of energy, man, and it's. It's something to be said because again, man, the success we've had, it's it's usually on par and it's also so different. Like, I love seeing your like your uh, especially your tick tocks. I ain't gonna hold you. I do like those tick tocks. You be doing this 007 type James Brown hiding, like yo, somebody's following me. I might have to mess him up, but I'm scared because I don't want to mess him up. I'm like, damn, this dude's actually smart. He actually went to law school, he on it, he on it, he knows. <laughs> yo, but uh nah man, that is something special. Cause again, let's let's think about like interviewed the dude from Viva La Bam, um, Rab, you got to interview Miss Wilcox, you know, if you guys are old enough to know Nightmare on All Street, like all these cool names. And it's it's just always, always impressive. It's like, I don't want to be that guy, but it feels like you kind of just, you ask and you receive. Some of us, we, we be trying to get like our interviews, we got to go through publicists. We got to go through like six months of rounds. You, you be like, yeah, man, I just asked them. And they're like, yeah, sure, why not? I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Excuse the language kids but I was like damn TJ why is it so easy for you you know yeah. who is the hardest person to get on the podcast
0: for you cuz I never asked you that the hardest per- so right now the hardest person right now and it's coming soon is uh Bam Margera nice he he is by far I've been working the and mind you I've been working this guy for years ever since I hit uh once I got Chris Rabb on the show I'm like I got to get Bam on the show this is like something that I've been working for since 2018 and i actually got in contact with his uh girlfriend and his new girlfriend and she gave me his manager's number i talked to his manager and he said look we're having something come up in march hit me up then because like bam doesn't want to talk about his life that's what he's already said like look i don't i don't want to talk about my life because like he could bring up something i don't like i want to show that i'm sober this that and the third but he said uh once something new comes up I'll definitely do a show. I'll definitely do an interview so we can promote what I got coming on.
4: Yeah, man. And that's, again, that's what I'm talking about, like trying to get an interview and it's taking you some time to get it. But man, I remember I was, we were talking about, we're not going to mention the name, like one of our boys, you know, he just got an interview with John five. And for years, I've been trying to finagle that. Um, There's a couple of other people, you know, I'm an Iron Maiden fan. We got people in that circle. And it's just like, man, I know a dude that knows the band. Like, literally texted them, like, hey, what the hell is up? We had this. And it's like, oh, sorry, come to the venue and see what happens. And we're like, what the man? And it's 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 like, it's always layered and stuff. But it's like, it's always so effortless for you. That's what I've always admired. It's kind of like, you know, you're just on the path and the path comes in. Cause I'm real Pierre Brobert BS right there. Yeah. Like, when you're in the zone, yeah, you know, what was it? The universe will send it to you. I gotta give it to God. God gives it. To you. I'm a bad Christian people, but God has been good to me. I got some wonderful stories, but, yo. so tell me what else, what else is happening? Because I know for a long time, you, you stated like you wanted to stop the podcast. You wanted to stop doing this. You just kind of, it, it's just kind of progressed to keep going and going and going, you know, even the YouTube was doing really great during the pandemic, you know, what is, what is the goal for this? Is it just now, you're just doing it for fun kind of like Joe Rogan? Cause your, your radio career is also kicking off too.
0: Yeah. So I, so I, di- I will start like TJTV will be done in uh 2025 of June. That's going to be the 10 year mark. And then I'm going to take like a few months off and start like a whole rebrand of the podcast where it's just strictly interviews to work on my, uh, interview skills. Cause I feel like my interview skills have kind of lacked in like the last uh, couple years. I-, I feel like they have lacked because like, sometimes I feel like I'm always too busy to, uh, do research and all that stuff. So, like, I just want to take a few months to relax and then start, like, a whole new podcast and just, like, stop talking about what I want to talk about and just do interviews with people who I want. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still thinking of a name uh, for, the sh- for the new show, but that's another year and a half, like, a year and a half down the line, so.
4: Yeah, but you know what? You The one thing I envied about your conversations, because we're both big fans of... P- I don't know if you like Pierre like that, but we both have talked about Howard Stern, is... Back in the day, you know, he was an asshole. You know, it's like asking the really creepy questions, but now he can actually he can have a conversation and still guide the the interview. He'll like ask questions to kind of like implant the answer, like if he wants them to go a certain way. You've always been able to sit down, have a conversation with your guest, and it not being overbearing of the situation. Cause you can tell, like even I'm I've done the same shit, man. I'm like, oh, you know, I got something I I really want to tell them but you know uh, there's a lot of interviewers now like they them talking takes away from the presence of that person yeah you know, and that's where like joe rogue and howard stern all these people come because they have a conversation they just two dudes sitting back having having a chat terry gross too except she's more methodical she's really like all all in on her guests but like i said man you always had these ability to like when you talk it's not wasted you know words it's not like hey you know what i'm a big fan and i'm cheating it's like oh yeah well you know one time i did this so you know that's that's what happened and they'll be like yeah isn't that a bitch like you yeah. know so i always i always like that i wouldn't say you're lacking i just say you know but then again we all got our own styles you know yeah. you know what's best for you
0: that's why like that's why i based it like my like uh interviews from both rogan and howard stern but the thing is like i uh I get a lot of I get a lot of hate for listening to both of them. It's weird. Like whenever I do lifts, like someone either hates Joe Rogan or hates Howard Stern. And uh I had an interesting conversation with somebody who uh hates Stern. He's like, you know, back in the day he was an asshole, like you said, but he was like, now he's just in his house doing uh the radio show. I'm like, so do you like Joe Rogan? He was like, Yeah, I was like, You've realized Joe Rogan's doing the same thing. He's in his house. <laughs> <back> doing- <laughs> I'm like, so how does that make you, why does that make you hate Howard? But well, he's not in studio. Neither is Joe Rogan. He has his own studio. Same with Stern. Yeah, probably, you, oh, you actually have a good point. Yeah. That's it's my problem.
4: It's, it's probably like, um the fuck, excuse me again. I cuss people. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, it's, it's probably kind of like the Metallica thing. You know, like some people don't want change. So like they might not care if Rogan is in his basement doing it, but you know they grew up on Howard in Studio, so they want Howard in Studio. You know, it's little little nuances like that. But it is what it is, man. I think I think we're so fortunate to be in this business at whatever capacity. Like who get who can say they talk to these people or had time,
0: you know? Yeah, you know Andre worked for him, right?
4: Andre, uh, partner. Nah, so I'm sorry because I know who you're talking about. We're talking MGK Andre, who also was an interesting character. No, I was thinking there was a, a guy there that I worked with named Andre too at Ban FM. He was black brother right there. He worked for the police station now, but uh, that's what I was thinking. I was like, Andre, damn, he got around. People loved Andre. <laughs> but yeah, man, um, a lot of cats they had they had beef with him because like MMR and them went at it. And I remember I was talking to Pancake about that shit. And they were like, yeah, people used to come in all, you know, call in all the time, talk their trash, like, oh, how it's great. I was like, well, why are you listening to us? Like, what the hell? you know, it's fun. It's fun. The radio wars that we were never a part of, you know, but history, man, there's so much history in the halls that you still walk in. Yeah. It's, it's quite, it's quite amazing. I really, I I'm really cherishing that I was a part of it, you know. The
0: thing so bizarre with me, though, like, I grew up listening to I didn't listen to Stern as much because my dad, he would listen to him back in the 90s. And when he went to terrestrial, my dad just didn't buy it like I did. But um, the thing that's bizarre for me, I listened to Preston and Steve all throughout high school. And then I would listen to the Bella from time to time, like on my way to college. And now that I'm walking in the halls with these guys, it's such a surreal moment that I like I'm working with these guys. It's a weird thing. You know, I like, I never thought that I would ever like be with these guys working with them. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah. And you know what? I remember when uh, I was interning for pancake, like I was getting autographs from everybody and pancake looked at me. He's like, bro, we just work. We're humans. I still have a, a, that DVD he autographed for me, but I've learned having had the dealings with the rich and famous and, you know, all these big names now, like I was just at the Royal rumble doing uh, press and, you know, I was I was in seats. There was like rich, famous rappers I was around. I didn't even know who they were. That's how <laughs> out the group I was. I just knew they were famous. I was like, bro, you stole my seat. He's like, do you know who that is? The brother that stole my seat. <laughs> you know, like, I walked up to another one. He was a dad. He was a rapper, but he's a dad. and He just looked tired. I was like, you oh, man, Dad, you look tired as hell. You, your little one's going to appreciate this because that was me 20 years ago. But, you know, something I think it's when they're your heroes. That's what really strikes home. Like for me, like, you know, here I am, WWE stars, wrestling stars. You know, I, I have the background in wrestling. I did a little bit of professional wrestling training and ref. And, you know, I see these people walking by now, and there was a kid next to me. He's 20, 20, 21, whatever. But, you know, constantly back and forth. Because the wrestlers are walking right past us as they get eliminated from the Royal Rumble. If you people aren't aware of what that is, it's basically like a, a competition of 30 men and women, you know, different two matches, but basically you get thrown over the top rope, you go to the back. So the wrestlers are walking past us. And I, I saw the joy and happiness this kid had every time one of his favorite wrestlers came by. And it reminded me when I was like, as a kid too, you know, you love these people. And, you know, some of these people I've had, you know, we did the interviews, but uh, the one thing I, I I always enjoy about MMR is when I'm there at least especially for Marcus, I feel like Marcus Goldman, uh, I consider him my mentor, you know, he was really, really integral where I'm at now, but that's not to take away from like seeing, anytime I see Pierre Pancake, I don't see Sarah much. That's more of a random occurrence now. But if I see them, you know, there's there's like a a heartstring of like, you guys were so helpful in allowing me to get to the next step, no matter what I do now, you know, you guys are like, it was a time where I didn't know what I was going to do with life. And you guys gave me that opportunity to try and, you know, chase a dream. So, you know, you, you still get that feeling of like, ah, this is family, you know. Now, mind you, you ain't seen them in years. I ain't going to walk up and be like, oh, what's up? Give me a hug and everything, you know, be up all on them. But I think it's it's a mix between the, the respect of what they've done and what they're doing and what they've done for you and me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stuff like that. You know, I'm trying not to be the weird, cheesy guy. Like, oh, I love you. You know, kind of like Patrick, open the door. I love you. Oh, oh.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, um, yeah.
4: But that's, you know, I I understand that that joy, that feeling of being in that environment. Like, who gets to say, I, I I do this? You know what I mean? I met this person. This is my job. And
0: it's weird, too. Like, a lot of people look at me, like, whenever I uh, drive Lyft, they always ask, what's my day job? I tell them what I do. And they're just like, you're <laughs> thinking, like, I'm not that famous yet, but I'm sure, but I'm sure people who do listen to uh, MGK, I'm sure because they, uh, Matt Cord, who now runs the morning show with Steve and uh, Andre, whenever they mention me, I'm sure the people who listen are probably wondering, who is this TJ character? And if I ever ever get on air, when I get on air, knock on wood, they're going to know, oh, this is TJ, the guy that they've been talking to uh, or talking about on the show which I'm really excited for when that happens.
4: Yeah. Speaking of uh, speaking of Matt, I got a funny story because I have that up royally, man. Matt Cord to this day has given me it was my first real interview, like a real legit interview, gave me the best interview I could have asked for. And I didn't record it. I didn't know to. Uh, that was my dumb ass fault. I, I, I recorded everyone else after that. I got uh, uh, Jackson, Pierre, Matt Cord. I got all these stash, but. Matt Cord gave me the greatest interview. And I asked him one time, like, when are you going to let me interview? He's like, we did an interview. What are you talking about? Like, I look dumb as hell, but the last time I saw Matt Cord, we were at a Sixers game because the Sixers do uh, these do, they do these events to try and get people to, you know, like, Hey, join our organization. So HHSBC or BE, I forget the uh, Harrison Blitzer name, but they, you know, they have these conferences and, you know, they give you like half price off on tickets for like, um, you know the box seats and stuff. I always go because I enjoy networking and talking to people. Like yeah. I, I I did it so many times before. I knew you're not gonna get a job unless you're like out of college. So I just go BS, and this is pretty great. I, I did to this day. So I'm there. I'm talking to this guy. I don't know who he is. You know the game. You know we're done. I'm taking pictures. You know I'm enjoying it, but I'm in a suit. So homie, he they um they give you wristbands if you're supposed to be in the back. If you guys aren't familiar with the Wells Fargo Center, there's a bar that actually is like near the locker room so when the players go out there's a bar in the back where people drinking like rich is the rich nicest of the nice and i struck up with this conversation with this dude who had a a wristband he's like follow me so i was like okay so i go down he takes me down to the floor i'm watching the game from the floor he's in the back he keeps on like hey walk back and forth so you know we, we chop it up i was like thank you so, you know, he's like, no problem, man. If you need anything, let me know. So I, try, I dab him up, you know, I'm thinking whatever. I go to, you know, it's like halftime. I really wanted to say hi to Matt. So I walk, I walk up and I, I, tap, I was like, hey, Matt. And I tap him on the shoulder. He looks at me and it's a look of sh- like, not shocked, like, oh my God, fear, but shocked. Like, what the hell are you doing here? I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God, that's not the response I was hoping for. So he's like, what are you doing here? And I was like, Oh, I'm working. I just wanted to say hi. And he's like, okay. So I walked away and I just went right back to that dude. And I was like, I'm I'm not I'm not doing nothing else stupid no more. <laughs> like it, and what ended up happening is one of the ladies I was talking to, right? She saw me there and saw I didn't have a wristband. I, I knew her from earlier in the day when they were like, you know, talking and doing all that. So she's like, Do you have a wristband? I was like, no, the gentleman over there brought me in. She's like, you have to leave. I was like, okay, no problem. You know, I just want to say that, you know, dude brought me down here. That was all. So cool. You know, I go I go to the suite and stuff. No problem, man. And then afterwards, another person brings me down. I get on the floor. This is God's blessing again. You know, who gets these opportunities? Got on the floor, looked like a dumbass, kissed the Sixer sign, you know, like, you know, touching it. Like, who, who gets to be on the floor without paying for it or anything like that? You know, some of the security are like, oh, you, you know, you're not supposed to be here. I was like, but I... I don't know what to tell you guys. People are bringing me here. It's not like I was like, "Oh, I got the balls to walk down," you know. So, but ever since then, every time I talked to somebody who's like a part of that crew, is like, "Bro, you could have got banned. You could have got like they could have set you off." I was like, you know, I I don't, I don't tell that story often, but that's the last time I saw Matt Cord. Don't even tell Matt. Don't tell Matt. I'll bring it up myself. But yeah, man, I just, you know, when you every now and again a good person comes into your life and that luckily for me two people were kind enough to like hey i have some pool come down here and then everybody else just assumed like hey you're you know you're trying to get one up i'm like if i was you know pretty damn good story you know but nah you know yeah. so that was crazy man that was that was a blessing and i haven't i've been to one six no i'm i'm sorry i've been to two sixers games since but uh, you know i didn't really try and do anything i'm like i'm pretty happy with life you know i just want to see my team win and then I was at the Wells Fargo Center for a couple of WWE events. And some of those some of those security remembered me. So we would chop it up and talk and see and catch up. So that's nice. But yeah, I'll never forget Matt looking at me like I was crazy. He's like? <laughs> <laughs> it was not. It wasn't fear. He was like, your ass is grass, bro. Like. <laughs> so. All right. So what are some of the things like because we always talk about like outside of work? you know, the stuff you've been up to, like, what, what have been some of like experiences that you had at your current jobs where you met somebody famous or something like that? Like, I think the biggest one that always gets brought up for me is like when Billy Corgan played a prank on me. So what, what would be like a story where you got to meet somebody that was like unanticipated, like they just showed up or you knew they were coming and you got to say what's up and dap them?
0: Uh, Probably he's a video game guy named Billy Mitchell. It was actually the first event I worked with, um, it was in Haddonfield, New Jersey, and John DiBello was, it was like a new video, like a retro video game store that they made, and this guy, Billy Mitchell, comes up, and I, he looked like Keanu Reeves, like, literally looked like John Wick had the suit on and everything, and I'm thinking, that's Keanu Reeves right there, and Bella comes up, he was like, that's not Keanu Reeves, that's Billy Mitchell, I'm like, who the fuck is that? So we- <laughs> He makes me look it up, and I'm looking it up, and I'm like, all right. I'm like, oh, he's a video game guy, and I uh, came up to him and talked to him. He gave me uh, – I actually have his hot sauce. I actually have the bottle, but he gave me a bottle of hot sauce uh, for free. And, uh, yeah, that, that was that was cool. And then I met the saxophonist from The Revivalist, which was pretty cool. And uh, the drummer from The Hooters came in, which I was really excited for. Um, so you know at the AM station that I work at? yeah, yeah. One guy does a show called uh, Clean and Sober Radio. Shout out, Gary. Um, but anyways, he, one of the drummers is, you know, uh, free of alcohol. And he came in to do an interview and I got to meet the drummer. I'm like, oh my God. I was like, this is really awesome. I, I wanted to uh, take a picture, but I didn't get to. Had to leave.
4: That's like the time I got in trouble with, um, I got in trouble with Preston Steve crew. Because uh, Lou Ferrigno came in and I was like, I don't know what happened. But he was like, um, does anybody else want a picture? He said it twice. He said one more time. I was like, fuck it, I want a picture. I got a picture, very kind. I know that's the opposite of what people say depending on the event. But then the next day, like, John, how'd you get a picture with him? Nobody on the, you know, pressing and Steve got a picture. I'm like, yo, <laughs> yo that's not
3: my fault.
4: Again, looks at me and shit. Like It's not like I held him down. Like, hey, give me a picture. But I will say this, F, F you for the Billy Mitchell, man. Because I don't know... I, 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 You know now, but at the time when that happened, he was, he's like a, a very notorious, but very important figure in video games for what he did in Pac-Man. And like, there's a whole documentary on this guy. And it, it, it is, because, you know, we're both nerds when it comes to video games. He was, he's like one of the top, like, OGs. If we're talking like, like punk, punk scene for rock you know, like Sex Pistols and all that, like the Ramones. He is one of those OG players. Like back when you, like you would get patches instead of trophies. Like you would have to take a picture of the damn video game score and then send it into Activision and they mail you a patch like that. That was Billy, man. I can't believe you met him. That's a damn good come up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And it was the first event too. Like I didn't think I was going to meet anybody famous. I just thought it was like an event that I was just going to go to.
4: Man, I think my first event was the damn ice cream truck from hell. That was my first event. Damn thing. I had no power steering. No power steering. Hot as shit. No air conditioning. Slow as hell. Max like 50. <laughs> like Brakes might not even work. I don't even know. I remember Donnie rocking me that. Um, shout out to Donnie. I know he's having a hell of a year too in a bad way. So uh, oh, yeah. it's me nothing but blessings, brother. Uh, Donnie's good people. Donnie Donnie cares, but he don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like do your job and I hook you up. Um, but damn, bro, you got to meet him. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it would've been great. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Now I'm coughing, man. But yeah, uh, so I know we we wrestling fans. You wanted to bring something up for wrestling? What was that?
0: Uh, Vince McMahon how do you feel about that because I know so like I I used to watch wrestling as a kid but I'm not involved in, in it as a lot of people are but I know with Vince McMahon it's a really uh nasty issue and um how do you feel about that
4: yikes I will say this because it's so it, it's so crazy the wrestling business in general you know um it, 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 for WWE to have something like this, especially after you know they just had you know the the acquisition and stuff like that, you know, as far as personal preference, I really can't, I really can't articulate the um, the anger and hate the community has for him with these allegations. Now it's always it's kind of like the not the Jeffrey Epstein, um, what's his name? Who's that Hollywood hotshot, the director? Um. You- Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, it's kind of like Harvey Weinstein, like everybody knew, you know, but now it's actually come to light. So with something like this, you know, it's kind of like, you know, everybody knew homie was cheating on his wife. Everybody knew, you know, he, you know, he was doing things, you know, as a person like outside of it, you know, it's not my place to to judge. My hope is if he did it, he gets his comeuppance 100%. Bro, you did it. You you got You got to face You know, some jail time, some stuff has to be done. So that's where I'm at on that. But there's too many factors from the past. And I'm not saying like you, you got to separate the man from his work. You know what I'm saying? In this situation. Yes, he's a great businessman. Yes, he took wrestling to what it is. But if he committed an atrocity like this, you know, that's there's there's no there's no way around that. You got you got to get your excuse me. Look at me. Look at me. All scared to talk about it. <laughs> you know, you got to You got to get your this your man. You got to get in trouble for this. You got to go to jail. That's not OK. And it's it's rough because, you know, I, I think about like The Undertaker, who's also a devout Christian, you know, very like, th- he's close to that dude, you know, it makes you wonder, it's like, okay, you know, did, did Taker know? Probably, probably not. He probably was like, you know, I'm gonna let Vince do him. That's his life. But then when it comes to like the real nitty gritty of like that type of atrocity, you know, he's kind of like well, damn, you know, I didn't, I didn't know it was like that, Vince, like, you really need Jesus, but maybe there's more I could have done or something, you don't know what takers think, but you also know, like, you know, there's rumors about uh, Vince and his son, Shane, you know, apparently Shane saw that happening, saw stuff like that happening. Now, I'm not saying like the rape and the child, no, not the child, what's it called? Um, Sex trafficking, sorry, because those are usually linked you know, the sex trafficking and all that, he probably saw some of the, like, the lewdness, and he was like, you know what, we're not doing that, you know, I don't want to. There's rumors that he left the business. He left WWE because of that, and he was trying to change the culture. And now with something like this, it would make sense why Stephanie walked away. So it's it's a lot, but again, at the end of the day, you know, I am very, very, I'm, I'm like a lot of dudes too, you know, you have a visceral reaction anytime somebody's raped or harmed in that manner, Right. And you just, you just want vengeance um i think part of what i'm doing i can't relate what i'm doing down here for school right now but part of that is kind of keeping an open mind to what are the facts you know has this been proven has this person actually been put through the the, the trial process you know so for me if he did it then 100 my man gotta go to jail he gotta get it and he gotta get it now because he's old all right we don't we don't want him skipping town via passing away all right you know um I I don't like when people like oh they'll burn in hell you don't know that you don't know that you know that's that's not really a cop-out I kind of want to see some punishment now you know so if he did it then I hope you know he goes to jail I hope he gets his you know it's come up as if he didn't then I hope things get shed in the light That it's like okay but the problem is knowing his past seeing other things he's done you know, it's very hard for the average wrestling fan with knowledge of the man to be like, oh, he didn't do it. A lot of them have just been like, damn, this son of a bitch, he did it. Like without question. So that's where I'm at on that. Like I'm not, That's it's not something I'm playing with when it comes to this type of thing. You know, he's done some, he's done some bad stuff. He's done some evil stuff. That's true, every man. But when it comes to like sexual crimes, that's where the, the limit is. Every, right. I think everybody's in agreement, like you can't play with sex crimes. You can cheat somebody, hell, you can damn near kill somebody. But once you start taking that type of liberty, now nah, you're out the boat. You got to go to jail or at least get, you know, you
0: know. You know yeah. You know so um, I read I read something that the WWE is ending after this year. Is that is that because of him or is that just.
4: That's interesting. I never heard that. I didn't hear that maybe because they did get acquired. I don't know if it's TKO or not. They did get acquired by a larger brand. So maybe the idea of the company by itself might be dying. I don't think like wrestling in itself, WWE is going to be dying. Um, Cause when it is still, it is a hot commodity. Like you think about it, them and Disney, you know, WWE and Disney are not so much like as far as the entertainment aspect, but as far as the pool and how many people are invested in it and the history, you know, that that would be a hard sell for me to believe they're just going to cut that money order. Cause that man, they make so much money. It is, it is it is crazy, and I didn't I didn't realize they had money money like that until I started going to the events more as an adult. And it's like they got sales for this, and then they're selling that, and they're doing this and that. And I'm like, ain't nobody gonna pay for this? Nope, nope. I was wrong. <laughs> people got bread to spend, and they will pay for it. So, but that's kind of the beauty of. Of course, I love professional wrestling. That's the beauty of it. There's way more people into it than you would think. You know. Yeah.
0: I uh we talked earlier about this you uh you Tori and I about the NFL. You think it's do you think it's like rigged or do you just think it's because I know that's a big topic. <laughs> Super Bowl is literally two weeks. away. No, it's actually it's this weekend coming up. Next weekend,
4: yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah, yeah, next weekend.
4: <laughs> God, you know my feelings. I can't speak out loud because it's still a situation what would happen with the team I told you about. But man, I do feel like two things. One, I say, is it is it possible that it's a little rigged? Yes, that's a a strong possibility. Whether it's the mob or whether it's the NFL itself, because it's a business, man. It's all about money, and they have their hand. The one thing I'll say this: the one thing I hated about seeing an NFL game out of every other sport. All right, I've seen soccer. I love the union. Seen basketball. Go Nets and Sixes. You know, even baseball. I, man, I love how the Phillies will let me talk trash to anybody. It could be the Phillies themselves, it could be whoever they're facing. Man, I go to games, I just rag on everybody. Ain't ain't one time a Philly went like "f you" or nothing like that. They might have chuckled, they might have like you know, you know, flashed the middle finger without flashing. But the NFL man kills me. Like they take breaks for TV outside of the game. That was weird to me. Like they 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 like cut people off for the dumbest stuff if they feel like money's an issue and the NBA and, you know, MLB have gone through similar situations to extent, but I feel like the way they responded to those issues, whether it was race or if it was a domestic violence issue or something like that, you know, it proved like, okay, listen, even if we don't care, this is a business and we have to set an example. They tried NFL, man. I just, I feel like every move is, is money oriented and it kills me. It really, really does, you know? And you know, it's gotten a lot better, you know, for certain things. I, mean, I want to say for everything, but I, I feel like every move, it's it's all money. That's all. And that's, that's business. I get that. But you know, when they're out here preaching things like for the love of the game and, you know, helping the youth and stuff like that, you know, it, it's not just the the things you do that set the example, you know, it's it's the actions with the players or certain moves and stuff like that. So I do f- I ain't gonna hold you, man. Do I think it's rig rigged like that? No. Do I think a game or two, you know, ref got somebody in their ear, something happens? Possibly. But I think they're more money focused than anything. And that's what breaks my heart about it. There's that corporation. It's lost a lot of passion. You know, it says it's for the game, but it don't feel like it's for the game. Even yeah. with WWE, the whole thing about wrestling is making money. That's literally the point. Screw, screw the actual wrestling how much money are we making? And even then I feel like WWE, AEW is just steeped in tradition. There's an actual love for it. You know, NFL now, I just feel like, you know, yeah, we talk about it, but unless it's like a team or a fan talking about it, I feel like the NFL as an organization. is kind of like, where's the money? at?
0: Yeah. I mean, the last few games that I've been watching, I'm a, so I'm a Packers fan next to the Eagles and um... he
4: didn't mean it. He didn't mean it. <laughs>
0: But it's weird because like every game that I've watched or that we've watched, it was either the Packers were killing, uh, were like doing the killing in the first half. And then the second half, they just like completely just like died. And it's every other game I've seen that has been happening for the last two weeks. Like there's always been one team that's been killing whoever they're playing. And then like the second half, they're dead. They haven't been playing to their potential. So I think part of it is a little rigged. Um but with Kansas City to being back in the Super Bowl, that's just—I. It, I, I'm kind of it that. is
4: pretty great. Come on, it is pretty great.
0: <laughs> Mahomes is the next goat. It's that—that's going to be a new thing. Mahomes is the next goat of all. It's next uh, Tom Brady. But did we need? Do we really need to see them win? Like, can't they lose this this time? See, I'm a
4: I'm a winner through and through. I've lost so many times in my my career as an athlete. I think the great saving grace of God was from my coach, Coach Mike Wilson, uh, giving me an opportunity to run cross country. That's the last time as an athlete in an organized sport, I actually could claim like I won, I PR'd, I beat this other team, or I did a job so well in this sport that I gave my team a chance. Now, what pissed me, what really pissed me off is the one time I showed up for the team, no one else showed up. I was like, (laughs) yo. Why did I pick today to try? Motherfucker. But um nah, man, I I I, I for me back to back to my homes cuz I had two thoughts. One, you know, like I said, I've lost a lot in basketball, especially in baseball, you know, I, my soccer team made it to the championship and I was goalie and I got rolled over 7 goals with no response. Like, you know, it's it's one thing where like for me, I'm like if you can win and you can win ruthlessly, as long as outside the game, you're a good person, you care about them, everybody in the game, all fair, get your championships, get your wins, get the payday. I'm, I'm a fan of winners because I'm a winner and I've been, I've been stripped of that opportunity in, in a lot of cases. So, you know, for him to come back, you know, of course, who didn't want to see Detroit go at it? Who didn't yeah. want to see Baltimore go at it, both teams, but it, it is kind of a reality check for us as the fans, like shit, you know, here we go again. But then again, 20 years now, 10 years from now, we're gonna be kind of like how we are with Kobe. It's like, yo, that was something special. Hated it, was something special. And then back to the the losing. I I I same thing with my teams, man. I've been there where we would have a good game, and at like halftime, I'd be like, all right, guys, we're doing good. Let's not mess this up. We got this, man. We're gonna be all right. Get you know blown out by 20, 40 points on the court, and you're like. I remember one time I was so angry that that happened. It was specific. <laughs> I came in there. I was like, guys, let's not mess with John. We got this. We come in, we lose, man. I'm sitting there. I'm like, we're sitting there quiet. I, I throw a chair. I legit pick up like a metal chair, pick it up. I throw it across the room at the board, right? And I, nobody says anything. And then a couple of seconds later, it wasn't like immediately, but our coach comes in there, grabs the chair, <laughs> and throws it against the board, and I think it was my boy Hawk, my, my friend Aaron Hawkins, who's also in a media with us. He does his uh, uh let's let's talk hoops. If you guys want to check out somebody to give you the NBA scoop for your bets. Man, his smart ass looks at coach and he goes, Yeah, coach John already did that like two minutes ago. <laughs> oh damn, we ran so hard the next practice. I was mad as shit when he said that. But yeah, man, I think it, what, 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 what do you want? You're gonna tell the man not to win.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's how wrestling was. Like if we lost the match, we would get punished like so much. Like, so I wrestled in high school for two years and uh, if somebody pissed off the coach, it was 10 pushups. And then we had a run like up and down the stairs for like four minutes. That was the worst. I hated that. I, I mean, he was a great coach too. Like our wrestling coach was such a great coach, great guy. But like some of the things he made us do were kind of like extreme.
4: Hear that Coach Mike extreme. <laughs> that was that was you know you know what Coach Mike. I think this is why I hold him in high esteem because I've had a lot of good coaches. I feel like there were so many positives that happened from him allowing me to find myself. You know you do, you don't know what you're doing in college. So a lot of the stuff I gave him crap because like anytime he like all right we're gonna have fun today. That means it was a long run from hell. Like, you know, I'm going to have a mild repeat or somebody else. But me getting, I was, I was a pretty bad student. I was a bad teammate. I was a bad athlete for what they were trying to do. And he was able to, you know, allow me to find my place. And I made some really good friends and stuff like that. And all that could have been cut short. So, you know, I know there's certain things, people say certain things, there's stuff that's happened, but as far as the treatment he gave me, you know, it's been so beneficial to my life. You know, I am yeah. that. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Speaking of um sports and all, that, Tori wants to get into uh jujitsu. Uh, I can't. I can't speak today. Jujitsu. She wants to get into that,
4: which is crazy. You said that shit right three times and of like, oh, I didn't say it right. Jujitsu. 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 Yeah. Ah,
0: jujitsu. <laughs> yeah, but no, she's been. Uh, so she's always wanted to do it, but she's actually thinking of starting it right now because we were talking about this uh, throughout the week. How um women and not to get off topic, but like women have like a target on their back because of the crazy people in the world today. And she wants to learn how to defend herself in a situation like, you know, God forbid situation. If I'm not there or something, which I respect, you know what I mean? Because like everyone needs to learn self-defense in this crazy world, depending on what it is. You know what I mean?
4: Absolutely, man. And I'm a big proponent. My girl can defend me. Please do. I'm not like Will Smith and Fresh Prince, but, um, no, that's I love hearing that because, you know, one of my fears is like I hate I hate stories of when women get hurt like that. You know what I mean? Dudes come up on them. But the one thing your girl is going to have to learn to do is going to have to be shrimp. Look that up. Every jujitsu dude knows what I mean by shrimping. As soon as she gets shrimping, all that on the floor, you're going to get it. But uh, for anybody looking to do self-defense, I would say boxing, um, jujitsu. And uh, I always say Krav Maga, but that's more weapons play. Um, you know, the other stuff in Krav is great. It does take a little time to do it right. But I feel like if you do boxing, you do Krav Maga, I'm sorry, I take that back, do boxing, do jujitsu off the bat, you know, even if you're like at the bottom of the barrel, you still have a better chance. And then with Krav Maga, like I said, weapons play, you know, they teach you some really great stuff in Krav Maga, but it does take some time to, to latch on, at least with jujitsu and boxing, it's like a, you're not going to be perfect, but at least you know enough to get, you know,
0: so, yeah. so. You know, what I, mean? What I mean, for 12 years, and that's like some sort of defense. But like, you know, I I think that's more what she wants to do: learn how to defend herself in situations like that. You know what I mean? I know she can defend herself, but it's still like, it's good to know when you have like something like that under your belt.
4: Man, you did the real shit, man. The the real stuff is the wrestling, because if you can wrestle, man, I I got into some tussles with some dudes at uh CZW. Rest in peace, DK. And homie was he, I don't I don't even think we we're going to pin, but homie was one of the fastest, quicker catch wrestlers I ever faced. And I was just in awe of not just this movement, but like some there's certain moves that are only in wrestling that you know, unless you've been in it, you ain't gonna know how painful that shit is. And he was he was catching me pretty quickly. I was like, Oh, hold on, hold on. wait, 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 Oh, slow down, bro. So uh Yeah, man. But I'll I'll say this: I, 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 100% have so much admiration for my teacher. You know, uh, shout out to Master Eddie. Rest in peace. That was Taekwondo. Got me down disciples of martial arts for Taekwondo three times. Junior Olympian because of that man. Um, Legally four, but I just think three. Um, And then uh, Marcos Batista in South Jersey, Millville, New Jersey. Marcos Batista. Every single lesson i learned from that man has saved my ass during either a real fight um whether it was pre- professional wrestling practice whether it was just messing around with people he's the one that taught me jujitsu he's the one that taught me boxing i, I had uh, other places for Krav and taekwondo and all those other stuff i've done but every time when it was a real moment life or death or just messing around it was always his teaching it was always something he he, he said hey man drop your body Hug him and then put your 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 forehead forward. All right, man, what the hell is that gonna do? Oh, that's what it does. Okay, thank you, Marcos. You know, like, oh, if you if you catch him, if you catch him at the wrist here, do this. You know, every time I swear by the man, and I found him randomly. He uh he actually, you know, Danny de DeSanto, I think. You know the guy, I, the out guy from Bruce Lee. Yeah. So master, he he doesn't like being called uh master, but Marcos Batista, I call him master, but he's just you know, I'm gonna respect him. So his teacher was taught, or at least can, you know, get his lineage back from Danny DeSale or DeSanto. I want I'm messing up the name. I'm sorry, Masters. But you know, that their lineage is a, a huge thing in martial arts. Like who can you? Like there's a master click there in Norristown of PA. His his style of Taekwondo is the original. So he can trace it all the way back to the very beginning of Taekwondo. Nothing against the Olympic style. The Olympic style kind of melts both of them of the you know, the traditional and the new wave, as you could say. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's martial arts is so fascinating. Wrestling's fascinating. All the stuff we love is fascinating. Video games and shit. Uh,
0: I, uh, I have a funny story about wrestling. Uh, so you know the story how like if you wrestle a girl, you either get beat by a girl or you beat up a girl. Mm-hmm. I almost got beat by a girl, but I beat her uh, because she made one wrong move, but I was, uh, I'll never forget this. I was in ninth grade and I had a wrestle this girl and I'm thinking like, I'm going to lose. This is it. I'm going to lose. And I forget what she did, but she made one wrong move where I, I won. Like I got, I think I like won by points. I didn't pin her and she was crying. Oh, and, you, you kid.
4: <laughs> made a girl cry.
0: <laughs> and, um, I'll I'll never forget when the match was over they you know put my hand up and this one kid screamed out loud he was like that kid has a boner pointing to me and I I didn't even realize like I didn't I don't remember having one but um I got made fun of so much for beating up a girl I, and I went I did go and apologize gave her a hug I said hey I'm sorry. Oh. Because she was crying, and I felt so, so bad. But, I mean, that was – and I literally talked to my uh, coach a week before about wrestling a girl. He was like, are you scared to get beat by a girl? I'm like, I just don't want to wrestle a girl if I hurt her. He was like, I don't care. He was like, you got to hurt her. You're going in in there like you're going to war. I was like, oh, okay then.
4: Yeah. That's rough. I don't know how to respond to a coach like that. I'm like, bro, you okay? You you lose to a
0: girl? You all right? Yeah, good? Yeah, damn. He was, very, he was very old style, but he he knew how to protect us, and he was very uh, he hate like someone said uh, a derogatory slur, and he got really fired up about that and yelled at everybody. And um, he was a really like he I respect him for that, like you know what I mean. Like he got really pissed off, and he apologized to the people who he might have offended, but he said I had friends who. Got called that when i was uh, your age and he was like started going off on us and uh he had a meeting with us he was like look i'm sorry i said what i said but like you know i don't like hearing that type of language because someone did say that in front mm-hmm. of him he got really pissed
4: Man, back to uh there's two things that just sparked my memory i remember i was talking to marcus and he was telling me about like how his grandfather because marcus is a lover of life man I I love listening to him tell stories of what he he's done, people he's hung out with, talking about his family and his son, his wife. And one time I remember listening to this because I, I think I was still reading Malcolm X's book. And there's a lot of if you look in history, there's a lot of people that take it upon themselves to help somebody else that's less fortunate. And Marcus was like, you know, my grandfather came over here. And he was like, you know, he, he, he told me one time, I forget why Marcus brought it up or whatever, but he was saying like how his grandfather came over on the boat from Italy and people were ridiculing him, pushing him down. He's like, ever since then, I, I never made fun of nobody. I held everybody down. It didn't matter if you were black, you're white. You know, I'm, I know what that's like. I'm not going to criticize anybody. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because when I was in school, we're talking like middle school, we had a teacher named Mr. Lester. And for, this is why he was great. For health class, we watched Remember the Titans because he was notion, the notion that actual health class was BS and wasn't gonna teach us anything. And he was right, okay? But aside from learning like, what we had to do in health, we would watch Remember the Titans and he was making very valid points at the time for everybody of like, hey, there is a color situation. Hey, there is you know, issues with being gay and this. And he, he never said it out loud. But we were getting it. And even as adults now, we bring it like, yo, Mr. Lester really was warning us about the color issue and, you know, saying certain words and being a team and, you know, you know yeah. coming together even if you hate somebody. And it's funny. I looked him up not too long ago. He's at a Christian school. I think it's like a Christian middle school now. Still looks crazy. Still got the, the Mohawk. But he used to play for Duke. And I remember he came out of his way to talk to me one time. He's like, hey, man, I believe you have all the potential in the world. But what are you doing to get there? You know, I remember that conversation. It's effed up because I'm sitting here like, man, you told me that shit in middle school. Like, what the hell was I going to do? Like,
0: what could I do? When uh, when I was a kid, I had a friend who was from Pakistan. And uh, I was six years old when 9-11 happened. So, I mean, everybody was freaked out about, you know, anybody who was, you know, from across seas, like from Pakistan, uh, Iraq, wherever. I was the only white kid allowed to play with this Pakistani kid. And we became the best of friends and my mom got ridiculed for it because they're like, you know, that kid's going to grow up to be a a terrorist bomber. My mom's like, look, as long as he's not hurting my kid or hurting my family, his family's good people. He's good. He sleeps over from uh, from time to time. I don't care. See, that's
4: that's so admirable because. You know, a lot of people can't look past their fears. You know, me being an asshole, I would have said something wild to the parents. Like, well, listen, when shit goes off, my boy going to be all right. I don't know about your kid. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, it's joking aside, because I was a joke, people. You know, it's it is it is befuddling to see these things, like especially now, because like any I feel like anytime something happens in the States, it always hits me. Not even the States, man. Like when they had the shooting in Paris, you know, we're both concert goers. That could have been me. You know, when they had um, the shooting in Israel, you know, I have friends, I have a friend that I love dearly, you know, or not just Israel when they had the shooting in uh, Pittsburgh, because she's from Pittsburgh, you know, like my first thought is like, damn, that, you know, I've been to the synagogues, I've been to churches, I've been to schools, I feel like every, every time something dramatic or drastic happens, it hits me on a personal level. And it's not just me feeling like, like an empath, like, oh, I feel energy hurt. Like, no, I know somebody. I have I have friends down here, even in Orlando, when they had the gay shooting. I'm like, damn, my best friends down there. He's got friends that are in that. You know, just because my best friend hangs out with his wife doesn't mean they won't go to the gay club with their friends or something like that. You don't know. Yeah. Um So it, 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 when I see this hate, this collective hate, I know it's it's a learned behavior, or it's something that they don't they don't have a full concept. Like yes, there are bad people of this set. That doesn't mean everybody is a part of it. And a lot of times, time and time again, when it happened in World War II and they, you know, did atrocities to the Japanese community, now that the Palestinian community, all this this nonsense, you know, like I said, not everybody is going to get the idea of like, okay, you know what, both sides are hurting. How can we bring everyone together and get rid of the bad, you know, the people that can't, you know, come together. That's the thing that kills me right now. Because like I said, on both sides, like, that one friend was like, damn, everybody stood up for this thing and nobody wants to come, you know, get, get our back here. And I usually stay quiet for all those situations, especially for the George Floyd thing. You know, I recognize like, yo, this might not be the time for me to talk. Cause a lot of people in my group, if I say something, they might take it the wrong way, even though I'm in support of them. Um, they might not know how to process it. That was a big thing for a lot of black youth. Like we're getting phone calls from our friends. It's like, yo man, I'm sorry. I never knew you felt like that. I'm like, well, that's crazy because I never anticipated you knowing that I felt that way. It was kind of just a given like, ah, oh, you know, that's life. Now y'all starting to feel what I'm feeling. Ooh, this is you know, it was it was it's 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 a never going thing. and if we ever get to the point where we can, I think at least in the states, I would love for the states to be the melting pot like we always say. we are. there's a lot of stuff we're overcoming, but I got a lot of hope for this next generation. Cause I know our parents' generation or the farther back are like, oh, they're soft. They're, you know, they're sissies and stuff like that. But I disagree. It's a lot of kids that, you know, could probably kick me and your ass together. Like one of them can like pick us up, throw us to the wall, but have the sense to be like, Hey, are you okay? You want to talk, man? I know something in here is not okay. Let's, you know, I have a lot of hope for this next two generations ahead of us. They might be effed up in certain areas where I'm judging them. I'm like, "Eh, but you know, it's, it's just crazy man the, the amount of hurt we see and people not being able to like recognize like hey can I at least try and be your friend or work it out you know all this damn music we be having all this damn music about love and we're happy at the concert and then we walk outside and shit's going on I'm like eh. so
0: I uh, mean it it does like I do f- kind of feel this generation will like it, we will be fine in like 20, 30, 40 years from now but it does kind of scare me too, in a sense, because there are some people in the next generation who aren't all that great either, but that's every generation though. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah. But, and they are also minority. I'm not saying minority like Trump versus Biden voters, but I'm saying like that, the pure hate and the ignorance of it, you know, that's, that's the thing. Like, I don't know. I think it's maybe for me only because I've seen so much hurt in like, not just my family, but other families in the world and whatnot. I kind of have this idea of like, okay, give, Give the benefit of the doubt before it starts getting, you know, once they, st- you know, you cross that line, you know, Negro, you know,
2: mm, yeah.
4: we'll take care of business then. But I don't, I, I just don't know why I'm so open to, to try and hear the story first. I, I wonder what it's like for other people when they hear these things or like that visceral feeling of like anger and hurt, you know, back to Howard Stern when, you know, 9-11 happened, his way of coping was like, yeah, we should go bomb somebody. You know, th- that was him helping people feel better. But then again, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think he really meant it. Like, let's go bombing. He might have. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird to be like, okay, can we can we figure this out together? And then it's like, if it's a no, then okay, then you know, clear. You we know, do let's let's handle business. Let's go to the fight. But you know, I just feel like diploma, There's a there's a way to be it, and I, it, it comes from like a lot of the leaders in the past. You know, like look how crazy uh, committed Malcolm X was to keeping everybody separated and stuff. And then when he finally you know, was accepted because he was Muslim and went overseas. And then he's like, Oh, blacks, whites, it doesn't matter. Everyone's coming together. You know, he, before he passed, he was starting to like recalibrate, like, okay, how can we do it? How can we make this work? You know what I'm saying? So. yeah, And it's,
0: it. it's weird too. Like the world has been crazy since uh COVID happened. And um I feel like it, it got crazier once, co- once we were all in lockdown. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah, and having worked, this is what sucked. Could have been the most pleasant time, even though it was terrible. The worst thing about COVID was the fact that the disease was killing people. That's the thing that hurt me the most. You know, I'd rather I'd rather have people alive and you know doing stuff. But you know, having you, you saw the selfishness, like you saw who was selfish and who cared. Cause I was working in the pharmacy, as you know. I mean, a lot of people were just aggressive and angry. And I'm like, damn, bro, <laughs> it's not my fault. Your insurance F you <laughs> like, I'm helping. <laughs> but it was, it was really like, I'll never, I'll never, you know, be happy about it fully, you know, be like, oh, that was great. I was in my house the whole time and I didn't have to do, yeah, sure. I I saved some money. (laughs) I didn't have to spend money on concerts, you know, stuff was streaming, video game time was great. You know, that's the, I'm, you know, if I'm not traveling, I'm either in my house doing nothing where I'm, you know, out and about traveling the world or doing something. But, you know, I think it really did expose everybody to, hey, there's, there is a problem. There is still racism. There is still these issues that you guys haven't been hearing. You know, I remember because I used to watch Ben Shapiro and freaking uh, I love Trevor Noah. I would used to watch them every day. So my day would start at 6 a.m. I'd be at work pumping gas. I'd watch, you know, Ben Shapiro show. And then I would go from pumping gas to the pharmacy. And then, you know, around 10 p.m., I would go home and then I'd watch, you know, the Daily Show with Trevor Noah. And it was just an interesting dynamic of like watching these two interpret what their their people or fans and sides were in. Like, I think I, I think uh, I forgot his name because he's upsetting. Shapiro is full of it a lot of the time. I think it's more of like um, social satire he's doing on a show. But sometimes he does look at really hard things and break it down legally. And it's, it's a it's a tough bullet to bite. But. You know, there's been some times I watch the show I was like, damn, I hate it, but I have to agree or I disagree with his thinking, but I see what he's getting at, you know. And then the other times I think Trevor Noah is so beautifully gifted with words and his ability to be like, you know, if this is happening, if I was in this situation, this is what I think. But what if I was in that situation and thought this way? Oh. He, he, him and Jon Stewart are just masters at breaking stuff down for people. And I think Trevor Noah was one of the biggest influences in the healing process, especially with the George Floyd incidents, Amar Aubrey, rest in peace, bro, because that could have been me um, going for a run. I remember my parents told me, be careful, don't do this or that. And I'm like, I'm going for a run. I've done it thousands of times. And then, you know, terribly enough, dude, just like me, just got shot up. And thank God somebody had proof because they probably would have gotten away with it. I remember when they they revealed the verdict of those guys going to jail. I was at the barbershop and it was one of those things where it's like we wanted it to happen, we needed it to happen and then when it happened, it was just quiet. It was just it was just quiet. It was like a moment of silence and mourning because like look what we had to get to to get some justice. You know, and then it, it's, it's it's a rough road, bro. The state's got a long way, but you're right. These kids got a they got an opportunity to make it right. I'm excited for them. They care.
0: And the thing with me, I and this is this is going right off of my thought. Like when it came to podcasting in 2020, I was I don't think I was ready for, you know, COVID nineteen and then having to talk about that, then George Floyd happened. Like I had all of these big current events happen all in twenty twenty, and I had stuff to talk about with you know other people or just my thoughts on the whole situation and um that was probably one of the most professional shows that i've done that whole year when it came to 2020 just in a bundle when all that
4: and see that that goes back to what i was saying earlier you know you fearless because man I'd, i'd had podcasts like that you know i had um i had a professor at rutgers join me on the podcast and it got brutal we, we talked about everything he was like bro you know you can't tell me that a country that had people enslaved had them breed with their own kids to make a, a, a stronger individual just to pick some cotton doesn't have racial issues you can't tell me that the lynchings and all the atrocities done by these people isn't a problem now there's no way you know it, it went to the nitty and gritty i had a, a podcast shout out to my uh my boy over in um I forgot where he's living. It's it's Harrisburg. It is Harrisburg. I can see him now, but you know, we had, we had Christian conversations, you know, I think for me, the best part about those the podcasts I had during the COVID era is that finally gave me an opportunity to speak to a lot of well-known people that I probably wouldn't have had that opportunity to, and that it forced the industry to go with video instead of just doing phoners. I had some phoners, but everything went video, and that was more of God giving me like, "Hey, this is a crappy situation." You know, that's when I had those interviews. I'm not gonna brag um, that I, you know I prayed for, and then I got to talk to you know who they are. Um, but it, it, you having the balls to actually go out, speak about these things, hold firm to those things, because everybody I know that did it got shit on, good or bad. And it was, it was, it was a rough rack. So yeah. man, that's why I say like you have this gift to kind of you persevere, you know, you don't have to worry about the backlash or anything like that. And it's not because you're white, you just have this thing where people find comfortability with you. You know, they can listen to you and be like, okay, I see what he's saying, even if they disagree.
0: Yeah. I mean, my whole thing is like I get both sides of the story and give my thoughts. Whether you like it or not, like I'll give my thoughts. And usually my thoughts people agree with but it's also just an opinion that I, that I have, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like but the whole thing with the George Floyd thing and like cops and um, the whole racial matter, I think back then, the generation, like, uh, what was the guy's name that, uh, the cop that did, that killed George Floyd? Um, was it Derek? I forgot his name. I never
4: learned. <laughs> I That was a, that was a touchy subject. I was like, Hmm. I think,
2: whenever, I, think a lot
0: of, uh, I think a lot of white cops and this is just my thought a lot of white cops who are older are scared of black people because they they didn't have that opportunity to go to school with a multicultural group of people like you and I did you know what I mean like I went to school with a whole with everybody black white uh, korean pakistani but I think a lot of older white cops didn't have that opportunity, and they're scared of black people, which is why that situation happened. You know what I mean?
4: And it's also a little bit, like you said, man. Like having been in the circles we've been in, we can go back and forth and know, like, oh, I can approach this person this way. Certain words, man. I remember one time I told somebody I'm sorry, and they got super pissed at me. <laughs> I, I'm I'm serious. Like we we're in a chat, we we're talking. This dude called me out. He's like, hey, man, you called me a pothead. I didn't like that. Now at the time, you know. I wasn't as weed conscious as I was now, but at the time I was like, bro, you got a problem. Now I look at him, I'm like, bro, I was wrong. You did not have a problem, I had a problem. But he called me out, he said, you, you, you said this, you pissed me off, that was wrong. And I said, you know what, you're right, I'm sorry. I apologize, I didn't, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. That hurt your feelings statement, set him so over the moon. He was about to beat my ass in person. He was so pissed, and my boy was like, bro, oh my God, no, listen. He legitimately means it. He didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Like he—he's not saying this as a disrespect. Didn't matter. He's gonna be my ass anyway. And he's one of my—he's one of my best supporters now. I'm so grateful. Even when we were kids, he was always on my back. So, you know, a lot of it is—it's a trained behavior. You know, those areas are—they're classified a certain way, and people are treated a certain way. And I think the big thing that pissed me off back to Ben Shapiro when he was talking about the riots, he didn't get. Why they were happening. You know, he's like, these are just looters, these are terrible people. Some of those people, yeah, they hopped in there just to get free stuff. Okay, that's fair enough. I understand that. They were like, hey, you know, this is happening. I want to get mine. But the initial spark is, and you see this a lot in history. It's not just with these riots. You see it with the LA riots, you see it with other times in history where you know cities have burned to the ground. There is an oppression happening and people have reached their boiling point. And it just so happens my mentality can be a bitch. And nobody starts thinking clearly. It, it doesn't matter because the hurt is so, so grave. And I think that's something that got left out when the riots happened. It's like another person died, burn the fucking city down. I mean, what else is there to do? They don't listen to us when we say this issue is happening. They don't listen to us when we try and obey. They don't listen to us when we're not obeying. It just, you know, nothing's working. What are we gonna do? So that's just a an um. It's not animalistic it's a human response there's a word for a humane a human um like a act that i'm looking right. for today. so yeah man it's, how do we get on politics and color and all we're wow. talking about you, and now we we social social justice advocates <laughs> damn it tj i told you you're too good you got, you got you got me got me focusing on on life instead of focusing on you <laughs> and your accomplishments that's what we're here for
0: no, that's why I love doing show uh, like interviews because like it goes like, yeah, I said it for an hour. We've probably been doing this for like an hour and ten minutes, I would imagine. But like that's what that's the beauty of what I love doing. I love talking to uh, anybody who just has something interesting, and we just go on different topics.
4: Man, so answer me this because I know time is limited with us getting there. You know who dropped a bomb on your your show? like a, a podcast or even just talking with somebody, somebody that you, you you interviewed that was kind of like, they said something that was like gold that they didn't say. I mean, Cause we thrive for that. If we can get, if we can get the interviewer to know we care about them, or if we can get them to say something that they've never revealed before, that is like the, you know, the best thing other than like a compliment, like you did a great fucking job. You know, I, I remember, and I'm not going to say this, but you know, the initials uh, KS. I had, had that interview with him and you know again that interview came about from you know i reached out to his fight promotion in florida nothing you know 6 months nothing tried again nothing and then he posted on facebook like if anybody wants to talk about my story you know my 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 religion you know my love for christianity you know i'm willing to talk to anybody i was like all right god i'm a, i'm a, i'm going to give it a shot and then man it was like a less than a week had had a response had the date had the interview. And that's when I say God really opened up things, but he, he mentioned something in the interview. I never heard. Haven't heard it since he never brought it up before or after since like the interviews I've been, I've been walking, but he was talking about his dad and, you know, his dad had a a boy's home and he, you know, KS was adopted and man, he says something about his dad. I never said it out loud. I, I cut it up. I just never posted it. But when he said it, I was just like, that I can't believe he he revealed that on this show, you know, how how fortunate I am that God gave me that, you know, and that wasn't the, that wasn't the meat and potatoes of the interview. You know, we still have more to do and talk about, but it, it caught me so off guard that it, it got there talking about his dad because his dad was so important, so integral and, you know, to his to him coming back and his faith and you know so who who's given you that that kind of like that moment during an interview like oh my god i can't believe he said that you know
0: so this was recent it was a guy named uh trip and he goes by trips ahoy on tiktok he does he does so much dark humor and like he and it's really like screwed up some of the some of the uh things he says but i i love dark humor i'm i've found it hilarious but anyways i asked him to come on my show and he literally I said, so you're you do TikTok, whatever you have ninety eight thousand followers, yada yada yada. He talked about his alcoholism and him moving into a halfway house, which is like right around the corner for me, but he talked about just how he started doing alcohol, he was on drugs, and it was just random. It was just like literally in the first like five minutes he just told me the whole story about him doing drugs and alcohol I was like, whoa. I was like, I thought this was going to be completely different. I thought you were going to say something off the wall. No, he went he went balls to the wall. Just like, yeah, I was, in, I was a big alcoholic. I did drugs. I've been to like several rehabs. And he's only 22. And uh, that was something that actually kind of inspired me a little bit.
4: That's like that Anthony Kiedis bullshit. Doing so much before they even hit 30. I'm like, damn, am I living my life? Am I doing anything? This man saw Cher. I'm talking Anthony Kiedis. Saw share naked. Jumped off a fucking roof. Like went skiing with flea. With flea. Ah, yeah. it's like um. Nah, I, I I I had a good conversation with uh, Jeff Allen in the comic. One of my best interviews. Most second most viewed now, but my first like thousand interview. But he went deep into that too, man. And he was trying to find. He he tried to get sober and right before he found God. And that was like the icing on the cake. Like he would, he, you know, he started working clean. He told his kids like, Hey, you see, I didn't have to cuss and I'm still with the boys, you know, stop drinking. You know, but he had very traumatic moments with his alcoholism that kind of made him say, I can't do that anymore. And then when he found God, it kind of clicked like, okay, you know, life is meaningless, meaningless, but look, God, you know, I love, I love Ecclesiastes. If you are negative, like my man here, you're gonna love the book of Ecclesiastes. Life is useless and meaningless. Why live? And then two minutes later, you read the same thing. Life is useless and meaningless. Well, fuck it. Might as well give it my all, you know, like very, uh, a negative times a negative equals a positive. And I, that's why I like, I like Ephesians. That's the wisdom um, scripture, but my thing is Proverbs. I like, it's, uh, there's the, you know, you don't have to believe in God to get wisdom from the Proverbs. Yeah. You know? So, but yeah, man, I like just. You just you just you just could you at least get an interview with Bruce Dickinson so I can I can get to come up. Can I just be a part of it like just there and not even on the zoom just watching like shit.
0: (laughs) If there's an interview that you that I'll like if there's an interview that you want like to have like if I have somebody that you want on I'll definitely include you say like yeah he's my co-host for today and I'll just I'll bring you on why not.
4: No man that's all you so what I've learned. And this goes back to John Howard, not to, not to detract, man, your win is your win. And it's, it's one thing to be like, Hey, I have this contact. Let me give it to you in our business. Um, the secrets and the, 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 names are so heavily guarded that when somebody shares a contact to a PR firm or to a, a, a management company or something like that, you know, that's, that's basically saying, I trust you with the highest, distance. like basically it's not a marriage. But this is this is a legal contract. I'm trusting you with this information. Like I've had times I've had it. I've interviewed Eminem's reps and they sadly no longer represent them anymore. But I've interviewed them, not interviewed them. I'm sorry. I emailed them and it took hell and high water. But it was like I, I went through five, six people that, hey, man, I can't give you any hints. But look for and not even a full name, look for an M. I'm thinking M like Eminem. No, no, no. That's the last name of the manager. What the fuck? <laughs> and they're not telling you this. You're, you're doing the research as you know, on like different websites trying to find like Eminem's publicist said so and so and this. And they're like, damn, there's no name, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, I, I you know, the fact that you always been so open, like, Hey, if you need that contact, if you want, you know, it, it that has never dawned on me. Like, how grateful I am for that because it's. I told you that my first real break was a dude in I want to say Illinois who interviewed Mike Murray's Suicidal Tendencies, just a random guy working for the paper. I was like, Hey, man, can I please um, get the contact? He was like, Sure, man, I got you. Man, I'll, I got an ass whooping after that trying to do that for other bands. I was like, I don't understand. I, this guy did it for me. Why won't you? You know, even a girl at MMR, uh, even a uh, person right now, highly respect her, lover her as a person and her love for music. But same thing, like. Hey, you know, uh, I didn't set this up. Somebody else set it up for me. Got to keep it under the DL. So, you know, that's our business. So I really appreciate you doing that, man. That's so kind. But if you get that win, you eat first. All right? Ain't nothing wrong with you getting what you deserve first and then having somebody else. All right? All right. If you get that interview, that is your interview first. And then after you handle business, you can take yours. Be selfish, man. You earned it. You worked hard for it. You earned that shit. So... Just that's just a little just a little me being proud of you for doing that man, and being so thankful for you being uh, open, you know, because, you know, I mean, girls don't share information. I don't blame you.
0: <laughs> well, I will say one thing that one show actually has been a couple, but one show in particular, this girl wanted me to cut out something she said. Um, So she wrote she was an actress. She was in uh, prom night, 2000, like the 2008 version. And uh, she wrote a book about sex. And I'm thinking, okay, that's kind of cool. So my dumb ass said, well, does size matter? And she's married and has a kid. She said, no, it doesn't matter. She contacted me that night. I want you to take that out. I was like, take what out? About size uh, mattering. I was like, why? I'm like, that that makes a good. That makes it good. She's like, yeah, I don't want my husband to hear it. I'm like, okay.
4: Well, we can see where this is going now, but... <laughs>
0: But, like, if you write a book about sex, I mean, you would have, uh, I would imagine, like, I just said, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to ask.
4: See, but you know what, you were kind enough to listen. Like, I've only had, I've only had two, two requests out of all my interviews. And I, I'm, I'm starting to get up there when interviews, God's blessings um but i've only had two times one was before the interview because i always ask like hey is there anything off topic you know the you know the jive like you know does this make you uncomfortable are we allowed to talk about this and then the other one the chick um she she was not so much concerned with what she said it was me saying certain words as you can (laughs) tell as i yeah but i was so happy to see her because i saw her grow up i saw her grow up and now she's god man she does everything she's done movies she does she has a uh a book of poetry that just came out you know she's very insightful her dad is a smart son of a gun although he did he did incite that i was hitting on his wife and i took that person because i don't talk to taking women that pisses me off i get too much trouble for that for not hitting on women like that so but you know it's i've always had that like yeah whatever you want whatever makes whatever promotes you and makes you feel comfortable you know um i told you i had to interview i'll say them out loud small hands i had an interview with small hands and man i love that son of a gun's music man i love his music i love his story it's crazy as hell went from like you know an abusive you know father in the, in the religion so he said no christianity that's not for me going to be a rock star having his own company doing graphic design meeting like at the time one of the hottest porn stars there were joanna joanna angel ended up getting sucked into porn Now he's, like, one of the, like, biggest names. And now, even so, when I found him, he was doing his own music and music that was good. Music that was, like, Depeche Mode style stuff. And I'm like, damn, Aaron, you got the life. But he said some stuff during that interview. I was like, you okay if I keep this shit in here? I'm just saying. You know, he's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. I was like, okay. You know, but, and look at me geeking. Like, I reached out to him a couple of times just to say hello. And, like, when Metallica was in North Jersey. But. You don't want to be that guy, like, hey, uh, you know, like, yeah. freaking, like, we talked one time, and now I'm up your ass and annoying you, you know. I just casually send him like, hey, hope all's well, or something like that. But you know, those little things, you're like, you know, whatever makes you feel comfortable, man. I, I got you, I got yeah. You. But yeah, we can see where that that woman was going with her husband reading that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you mean a shit, T, you mean a shit, <laughs> man. So. You just mentioned. I don't want to. I don't want to get away. You told me who you want to get on that you might get on, but other than B, who else? Who else would you love to get on? Like my top would be probably Eminem. Eminem. I to I'm going to interview. I don't know how, but God's got a plan. I'm going to interview Eminem. I'm going to interview a member of Iron Maiden. I would love to make a date Dave Murray, but of course I'm open to anybody from Maiden. And you know, there's 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 been this this fucking this, this this string of almost getting Red Man or one of the Wu Tang Clan members, other than Young Dirty Bastard, who I did interview for like five minutes. Shout out to Young Dirty Bastard for giving me that, greatly appreciated. But it's like you know, just stop moving, stop moving. You know, those are the, the, those are probably the big three I can think of that aren't um, wrestlers. You know, like I want to interview The Rock. You know, I'm going to like Joe Rogan, Joe Howard Stern. But the big three, just from principle, you know, Maiden. Eminem, Redman. And of course ACDC. But who who is somebody else that you want on that has been like you almost got you almost got damn it? Sound of a B other than BM. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Let that yeah.
0: be. Don McLean, the guy who sang American Pie.
2: Hmm.
0: Got in contact with his guy. And uh that's coming soon. I don't know when. I can't tell you when, but that is coming soon. I know that. Nice. I would love to get Rogan on, but that's just a little ways away.
4: Send him an email, man. Send him an email. They have this email where you could just send him shit and then you could be like, hey, give me five, ten minutes of your damn time. Don't tell me you're too busy. Don't tell me you're too busy. Oh, Mike Tyson too would be great. Mike Tyson would be great. What a nut. I love him.
0: Stallone. Well, I would love to do Stallone.
4: Stallone. You know what? Rest in peace, Carl. Carl Weathers. Because he was in. Yeah, man, that's pissed me off i was doing an event when he came the pictures that they have on wmmr.com when he visited the mmr studio my ass was out driving delivering uh guitars to these winners for Ben FM. i remember that specifically him and john witherspoon i missed them both when i was working the few days i actually had work with uh ben FM when it was starting to wind down and i was just like son of a bitch that should be me but god i'll say this I have not missed any opportunity that I should have had with God. You know what I mean? Like there's been a lot of concerts that I probably wouldn't have seen without God giving me grace and money last minute. And so anytime I miss out on somebody, I just know they they weren't supposed to, you know, it's not all of this like that. Sometimes you just miss out, but um, no, I, I don't, you know, there's not a concert I sh- I wanted to see that I missed, you know, there's not a show that I should have seen that I I didn't. So that's kind of how I take it when it comes to like the famous and the rich and whatnot, like, but also, I got a chip on my shoulder. It's like, well, he didn't meet me, you know. <laughs> but uh, nah, damn, bro, that's crazy. Stallone is doable too. I don't know. We'll talk about this afterwards. I don't know how you do your um your research too, but I know Stallone's doable. I know that there's a way to do that one. So I'll let you know about that one.
0: Um, there's like, yeah, there's just like a ton of people I would love. Um, and it's going to happen. Like I said, like if it doesn't happen between this year and next year. The rebranding of the show, that's gonna be the whole that's gonna be the whole nine yards down the line. But Don McLean, that's uh that's coming soon. I will I can say that because I did uh I'll just say a little thing. Emailed him, he said, uh yeah, we'll do a phone interview uh in the coming months. What a dick.
4: He should give you a video. Does he not know who you are, who you were gonna be? You got the whole world behind you, bro, quite literally, people.
0: Yeah, I, I would love I mean if it's over the phone, I'll do it. I'll I'll, I'll go to the station and just uh, request studio time. Why not,
4: man? I remember I because there was a point where I didn't have a studio to do this in. I would have my damn phone to the fucking microphone on the camera and go back and forth and be like, "Hey, I was da still to this day especially in my situation now I'm not I'm not uh destitute people but now I'm like worried because where I'm at now because I had to relocate for something I'm like yo if I really have a phone that's gonna fuck me up because I'm gonna have to pull out the camera and go back and forth like we did oh man I remember even when I had a studio I did that for Daniel Nicole she's a blues artist who's killing it she's absolutely lovely one of the best interviews two times I've had her her husband's a fire guitar player as well as well go go their drummer um uh, but damn i just the old days of trying to make it work man the old days of trying to make it work this shit is crazy
0: i mean even even with youtube like the old things that i used to do like i i would use my phone as a flat if i was like doing a scary video like going to a haunted location i would have my phone as a flashlight not even a, i wouldn't have a flashlight or anything and like the old thing the old ways of trying to make things work were just horrible but even I, uh Bob who's going to come on tomorrow um well for this episode we he his brother was like a mechanic and he had one of those like mechanic lights as a flashlight and we would use that to go into dark places to film these videos and it still wouldn't work
4: oh no I'm trying to see something how do you spell come up this I have no. <laughs> <I've never even laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but nah, man, you know, back to what you said, I'm sorry. I got sidetracked. I had to answer something, but you know, man, that's kind of the charm of like when you're coming up before you start like getting better and better stuff, like, you know, you're trying to make it work and when it, when it comes out fabulous, you know, it's amazing. Um, some of the stuff you can get away with when you just, you know, you take the time is man, I'll tell you that some of my best, best work is like some of my original interviews. Like I used to spend so much time. One of them, I wish I didn't do too much because somebody had a, um, it's not a noticeable lisp. So I didn't think it was a problem to like get rid of it in every edit. But I, you know, the idea back when I started Pancake was such a wizard at editing that you wanted to be very concise, cut any extra fat, make it all seamless. And if there's a pause like, uh, that's going to signify like the thought is really elongated. And this is what I'm trying to say. Uh, but man, some of the best work was on script—not uh, script pro. Firefox. What's what's that damn console we got in there in the studio? Studio oh, R. Uh, Is it
0: Vox Pro or fucking Box Pro? We
4: used to do some magic on Vox Pro, man. I miss that system. It's it's way easier than any crap we got on our computers now. Anything on a Mac or a Microsoft or anything like I, I miss it so much because it was so easy. You know, you do, you have the audio, you don't have to add music to it. And if you do, it's a quick, you know, just layer it in under it.
0: When I did uh when I did Andre's show, he actually did some voice tracking on Vox Pro. Uh so we were doing a remote last year around uh St. Patrick's Day, and they wanted to have the Flyers game, so they needed the um the Comrex or whatever we were using for MMR so Andre had to do some voice tracking on Box Pro, and I just had to sit there and just press Fox Pro the whole time for him to you know finish off his show so I literally didn't have to deal with him for a good like half hour I
4: don't know if you want to reveal that to the you know the people because you know that is like an industry secret you know sometimes these dudes be doing their uh stuff recorded I think I think people now know to an extent but when it comes to live gigs, people be mad as shit. Like, I heard you on the radio. Negro, you just saw him talking on the radio and not talking to you in person. What are you talking about? Like, yo, yeah. that... that, that sh- Bringing up the YouTube incident. The U- Not YouTube, U2, when they came to Philly for the Joshua Tree. that's the worst event i ever worked. I've categorized that as the worst concert I've ever been to, and I didn't even go see the damn show. <laughs> what a pain in the ass that night was. Oh, man, but man, just nothing but proud. 500 episodes, man. I can't, I I reminisce about like my 100th concert. You know, of course that was an ending, a hell of a terrible ending, even though it was made in, you know, the concert itself was good. The ending was like, ah. But man, I remember the, you know, just the joy of like, hey, I I made it. I didn't think this milestone would, you know, you don't think about these milestones until they happen, you know, kind of like, oh, I did this for 40 years or I did this. And, you know, people ask you like, how did you feel? Did you ever think, hate that question did you ever think in the moment that this would happen no motherfucker i was here in the moment all right i was having i was hungry i was broke i was trying you know you don't it's it's a trip man it is congrats congrats
0: Uh, yeah um but no we'll definitely do like another long-form interview again
4: Absolutely, man. And, and ladies and gentlemen, go subscribe to TJ, TJ, the G, TJ hunting ghosts, TJ saving his life because Slender Man is after him. Man, I, I can't stress it enough, man. It's fun. Even even if you feel like it's trash, just know you got some you got some substance. You got some money in there.
0: Yeah, that's the best thing. But um, all right. We got another interview coming up in just a few moments. So uh, thanks again for coming on.
4: Absolutely, and everyone else, as always, since I'm John the Ninja, be smart, be mindful, rock on. What else is there to say? Ninja out. Right. You could edit that however you want.
0: I am all right. That was with John the Ninja. Man, I do have to say though, these interviews are really great, and I'm just excited. You know, that was actually a long interview I did with John. I haven't done that in a long time, but. That's why I love doing the show. I love talking to people. I love talking on the microphone. I just love everything about it. So here we go. Here is the final interview with Bob Kaplan, only on the TJTV podcast. And then we're going to end the show and that's going to be it. So uh, yeah, I'll see you guys soon. Uh, we talked not even, like, a month ago or so, right?
5: Uh, I think it was in October.
0: It was October. Oh, it was October. Like I said, I'm still, still a little uh, messed up. How
5: have you been? <laughs> uh, I've been all right. Um, haven't been too busy. Been on a hiatus lately. Been writing. Uh working on a few projects but so this is this is your 500th episode right yeah so all right fuck fuck me let's talk <laughs> about you man
0: all right what do you want to talk about
5: I don't give a shit um what uh well, well let's see what, what got you to, how'd you do it how'd you do 500
0: like how do I get to that point
5: yeah It's an accomplishment. Celebrate
0: it. So I started in 2015. Yeah, I started in 2015. And then I would do weekly episodes from 2015 to 2016. And then, like, I took, like, a hiatus. And then, like, I guess, like, during um, 2018, 2019, all the way to now, I've just been pushing out podcasts, whether it's with, like, a guest or just by myself.
5: I've listened to ones where you're just in your car bullshitting yeah no i like those ones because like i so
0: that was my idea just because if i'm driving you never know what you're going to see you can see like an accident and it's like kind of live reporting i feel like i like doing those sometimes
5: yeah i started working on a podcast a new one um and i only recorded the one episode i should get back to work on it but it's called uh the insomniacs rabbit hole well so what's that going to be about it's basically something I'm doing for people with insomnia, and it's just me going down rabbit holes, and I'm recording and publishing every episode in the middle of the night, and that's why it's been hard for me to get around to recording it, because sometimes I don't have the energy at one o'clock in the morning to start recording a podcast, or I don't feel, hey, I'm going to try to get some sleep, and but it's just like, as an insomniac, I've what the fuck is going on up there? As as an insomniac, um, nobody ever talks about the loneliness. And that's why I want to be like, you know, there for people. Um, because when you're up in the middle of the night and nobody else is awake, you feel very lonely.
2: Yeah. I get so
5: that. the podcast, I really want to simulate insomnia. And I feel like when we're up in the middle of the night, we're looking for rabbit holes to kill time. So the first one I recorded so far was the Amazon rabbit hole. So, cause they said, I looked it up and they said, if you, you, you type in something weird, like a taser or something, and then look at the reviews and then look at the reviews, other reviews that that person wrote. And I tried it and I tried looking at butt plugs and stuff. And that wasn't that interesting, but I just, add, the more you click on Amazon, you start getting the weird stuff. And like the big po- point of the episode was when they started talking about um, how to teach your cat gun safety that was a book i found how to teach your cat gun safety and i read i read the first chapter of it
0: what's it like how's it how's it sound like when you read it
5: I, i don't even remember it was complete satire obviously what the fuck how to teach your cat about gun safety I would talk to your cat about gun safety, um, and abstinence, drugs, Satanism, and other dangers that threaten their nine lives. <laughs> and uh, I and like yeah, the first I think the first chapter, and then I ended up. It was funny because I was recording the episode. That I took a break. I went on my phone. I started doom scrolling, and then I passed out, and then finished it like the next night. Mm.
0: That's crazy. I like that I like that concept though because a lot of people do suffer from insomnia and a lot of people can't sleep. Um I know a guy who had narcolepsy where he would just fall asleep randomly.
5: When I was in um so whenever I I traveled, you know I, I traveled a little bit when I went to Westchester for school and I went to a um Went to a creative writing conference, and then the following year, I went to Mexico for study abroad. And when I was at the creative writing conference, I'm a I'm insomniac, but my roommate is was a hypersomniac. <laughs> so his he would fall asleep once head is the pillow. Really, and and I would and I remember like I think it once he like woke up he was earlier than me, and he was trying to be quiet to not wake me up, and he's like banging shit but um i remember like when i when i drink it really messes with my sleep and i remember like i'm such a um a restless sleeper and like i would i wake up all the time and the sheets are off my bed and um i remember i fell out of bed and when i was at this we stayed in the dorm for the creative writing conference and there were very high beds so i actually fell out of my bed landed on my feet and then wake up woke up and I just woke up standing up, like, next to my bed. Wow. And then, so, then, the following year, when I was in Mexico, I remember, I think it was, like, two in the morning, I'm sitting there watching the Kardashians. Because it was the only thing at two in the morning in English on the on TV. And it's when, when Caitlyn, which was, I guess, technically still Bruce at the time, was just like, oh, I'm going to be a woman in a few months. And then... Uh, and then the, the, the daughter's are like, why didn't you tell us that you were going to be a woman so soon? We want to spend time with you before she gets here. And he's like, well, I need uh, high heels in size 14, you know? Um, and, and I was really... Impression. What?
0: That's a good impression of him. That's what he <laughs> sounds um, like.
5: So then I remember at one point my roommate wakes up in the middle of the night, looks up and just sees me wide awake in my bed watching TV with the lights on. He just goes... Holy shit, dude. And just goes back to sleep.
0: (laughs) So you suffer from insomnia then?
5: I've had it since I was 13.
0: Okay.
5: Yeah. It's funny because I was sleeping much better when I was smoking weed.
0: And you just stopped smoking weed altogether?
5: Yeah, I haven't. I have uh, OCD. And um, it was starting to make my OCD worse. I have. But I've been in ERP, which is exposure therapy, for about a month and a half now, and it's been getting a lot better. So I think I might I'm going to be able to start smoking again. And my therapist even talked about you know bringing weed into our sessions. But um, I have something called somatic OCD, which is like one of the one of the rarest, if not the rarest, type of OCD. So like two percent of the population have OCD. It's a very rare condition. And that's the one thing I hate is people try to normalize OCD. Oh, my God, I'm so OCD. No, you're not. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Like, you You see my room. It's a fucking mess. Yeah. I'm not germaphobic. Like, that's not what OCD is. OCD is intrusive thoughts. So I have somatic OCD, which is where you have hyper-awareness of your body. So my breathing, my blinking, people have a swallowing uh, fabric on my skin. Um, you know, people have it with their heart rate. So it's like you know the normal things that we do and not pay attention to but people with somatic OCD obsess about it
2: wow.
5: so when I when I get stoned it's I focus on my breath so much I can't focus on anything else
0: yeah I uh whenever I smoke weed I listen to uh I started listening to Bob Marley again because that was like the cool thing that we did when we were kids like mm-hmm. I don't know I I mean, we're, we're two different generations, but we're not too far apart, but, like... How like,
5: five years? More? Uh, 29. 29, so we, I got eight years on you.
0: I mean, that's not too bad. We still... My, yeah. I have a sister who's 11 years older than me, but uh, back when I was a kid, 16, we would be in a car hotbox and listen to Bob Marley, and uh, I've been doing that more, but uh, recently I've just been listening to, like, Joe Rogan or just watching, like, uh, Rocket Power on Paramount+, Plus and, like, that's high.
5: So when I first got into Weed, so I did a lot in high school, and then I stopped for a long time, and I got into it, got out of it, got back into it. Um, But when I first got into it again, I would love to get stoned and watch Saw. <laughs> I don't know why I enjoyed that so
0: much. Do you like the Saw uh, series? Cause, I mean, I've only seen the first five, and then Scott Dundon after that.
5: Well, here's my thing. It's just like, Saul 1 through 7 to me is one story. Anything after that is just cheating. Like, they they wrapped up the entire story in seven movies. They finished the arc. And then everything after that is just a money grab. So then you have Jigsaw, which I think was fine as a soft reboot. uh, But it wasn't received well. So then they did... Uh, so they literally tried everything at this point. So first, they finished the whole series. So first, they try a spinoff. People didn't like it. No, first, they try to reboot. People didn't like it. Then they try Spiral, where it's a spinoff. People didn't like it. Both movies are fine. You know, they are for what they are. Jigsaw is a reboot. It's a fine reboot. Uh, Spiral is a uh, spinoff. It, it, it's fine. It just doesn't live up to the Saw legacy. Like, it's not, it's not uh, you know violent enough and the traps weren't good enough and it was very underwhelming for Saw fans but everybody gives a shit it doesn't deserve all the shit it's getting Uh so then they like alright let's go do a prequel now well I mean Saw 10 takes place between I think Saw 1 and Saw 2 or Saw 2 and Saw 3 I think it's between Saw 1 and Saw 2 and what doesn't work with Saw 10 is that they make Jigsaw the good guy yeah. So it's not scary because the whole movie's from his point of view and he's the hero and the anti hero. It's basically Don't Breathe 2. It's the same movie. You get the villain from the other movies and you make him the hero. Don't Breathe 2 and Saltan are basically the same movie. And it didn't have that green hue that all the Saw movies have. Like it didn't feel like a Saw movie. Not to mention that, like, there wasn't a maze or a crazy trap. It was just him in a room with all these people, you know, putting them through the different tortures. And then there's no stakes there's a point where he gets put in his own trap and you know he's not gonna die because he's in like you know six, you know full, five other movies yeah so to me it's just like it was good it's just like why why did they make it why do they need it and they're doing I think two more which is so, what I think that's stupid
0: like why why keep making them I mean I understand because they' make money Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I understand that. It's just, like, it's it's like Halloween. They keep rebooting the uh, the series to make it better, but I mean, like, I thought it was fine
5: the way it was when I grew up. Oh, Halloween is a mess, and no matter what they do, they make the franchise more of a mess. There's, like, four different timelines. Exactly, and you and I, you know, you and I are huge Halloween 3 fans. Yeah, I mean... That's a timeline they should add to. Come on, like... That's the only one that has one movie in its timeline. And they really could make a sequel to Season of the Witch. Yeah, I mean, you have a whole franchise potential right there. Like
0: it could it could still be called Halloween, but like I guess they could make like a sequel to Season of the Witch and then like keep it in the same timeline as that. That way it's its own different timeline. But I feel like people are gonna get like pissed off at the at that because that's what well, they doing. Like
5: there's not many people out there. Besides you and me, that want that, Tor- uh,
0: Tori's down for it. She loves season
5: of the Woods. She says that's better than all the
0: other ones. It's still my it's my favorite out of the whole franchise. Um, is it because it's different, or is it just because of like how the effects? It's work?
5: Carpenter. It's a good Carpenter movie. It's yeah. it's it's got the Carpenter score. It's 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 a noir film. It's fucking scary, like when that kid's head explodes with bugs. Yeah. Um and you don't know what the fuck's going on half the time. No Halloween, Halloween.
0: Oh yeah, well you sent that you sent that to me in uh on Halloween. The, the I
5: kho- thing, said that, I always send that.
0: Yeah. The thing I hate they or the thing they could have done with this move with Halloween three, they had so much potential. And I think the fir- the fifth one, the fourth one. I'm all over the place. I think the fourth one, Carpenter wanted to make it something about a ghost.
5: Yeah, well, I love the idea that it should have, it was supposed to be an anthology. So, this is a good example of not listening to the fans because you have people are going to pay for it. Like, obviously, DC is not working out that way because, well, I mean, DC and Marvel, everybody's just tired of superhero movies at this point. Yeah. No, DC and Marvel are both doing bad in the theaters. But, like, you know, um you can if you make a halloween movie it doesn't matter like that's the thing about jigsaw and spiral it's just like people still paid to see it and they bitched about it so they didn't get a sequel i would have loved for them to continue after jigsaw because i like the direction they were going spiral should have because that's another thing they're calling it saw 10 but it's not saw 10 spiral it says from the book of of saw so it's clearly a spinoff, and it's not in the like. It's a, like a, look at Star Wars; they got yeah. their main saga, and then they got all their other stuff. You're not going to call they make a Star Wars movie and call it like Star Wars Twenty Seven because <laughs> that's too much. Yeah, I mean, it's just you have to like look. You got the main continuity of Saw, then you can have your spinoffs and reboots. But why are you calling it Saw Seven? Because Jigsaw is a reboot; it's not Saw Saw Eight. And Spiral wasn't Saw 9. That was clearly a spinoff.
0: It's just money grabbing people the don't listen to the fans, like you just said.
5: Well, but yeah, just don't listen to the fans. Just make art. That's the problem. Like, you think indie filmmakers like me listen to people, but ourselves. <laughs> we make the movies we want to make and if people got an issue with them, they, you know, I uh, already got your money.
0: I So, like, actually that ties into the podcast. So I had a friend who, I think I told you about this guy, Whenever I would make a YouTube video or a podcast, he would want me to come over and et, and have him edit my stuff because he didn't like what I was doing. And he was trying to give me a class on how YouTube works. And I said, dude, I'm, I'm sorry, but smoking weed and reading off your history notes, that's not content, that's boring. And he got offended by that. So we were in a war together. This guy's podcast failed me, like a new one that failed. And then like his videos were failing. Like this guy was just like, He's told I thought you were to- talking
5: about me for a second because so. you were talking shit on me in a vlog once.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't remember. I see,
5: and sometimes I do it for character, though. You know what I mean? You were literally like, because we were we were taking a hiatus from the Spirit Project, and, and you were like, oh, the guy just kept wanting me to come over and edit, and I'm like, I don't have time for that.
0: Yeah, I do remember saying that.
5: <laughs> I just, dude, I'm not, you know, I'm not good editing on my own. Like I need, I need a gun to my head.
0: No, I got you. I mean, that's
5: because, different... and plus that, that, that I need your help on the footage from the bridge. Cause it is so rough. Is it so dark? I mean, it's dark. It's noisy. Like the footage, like I have a good intro and everything of us driving with like music playing. But once we get to the, the the bridge it was just it was so hard to do that because we had all the cars it was such a busy like road so you have all the cars coming by and it was like pitch black like we did a good job for the most part we did with like the lights we had um but it's just like it's really rough i think the sound is one of the biggest issues because you can't like really cut without hearing that like you <sharp inhale> like a shift in sound i think that's one because the 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 tunnel was easy if anything i had to make it like a lot shorter because i was in that tunnel for what like how long was i in there like a half an hour
0: oh you it it felt like i thought i killed you honestly
5: (laughs) but yeah i mean the thing is i do want to get this bridge footage uh up there because i do really believe that we contacted the other side
0: and that's the thing like we could only do it in that one spot because that's where the kid i mean
5: well we we had two we had two spots where we spiked in the MF. One so it was one when we were under the bridge and I hit my vape, which I don't think he liked. Or maybe he was a vapor and he just wanted to hit. That's but it. um but then when you were talking to him at the memorial and it was so weird, and you're like, I'm gonna put my hand near your jacket, and then it beeped.
0: But that wouldn't be energy for me though, would it?
5: I I gathered that he liked you and not me. That's what I gathered. It was like the good cop, bad cop. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like we
0: I don't know where else to go in that park. I want to explore more, but the more you explore, it's like
5: there is. I mean, there's I, I mean there's a few things I told you. I want to do an overnight in the Radnor Hotel. Is that what the haunted- Yeah, they apparently they have a haunted room. It's like I think it's like 120 a night, so if we split it, it's nothing.
0: Yeah, I going to have to.
5: Unless so, it's like I hope it's two beds in that specific room. Unless you want a spoon. But um great. I've also been looking into having, you know, which you know, having a camera, figuring out what type of camera can run like all night. And I think I found like motion sensored uh cameras that aren't that expensive. Because um if we did it, I would want a film ship, but I would also want the camera running while we're sleeping. They have uh
0: cameras called um What's it called? It just
5: left just left my head. Well, a lot of spy cams can do that.
0: Yeah, that too. See, I wish I would have done that when I went to the uh, hotel Bethlehem because that room. I remember- really-
5: yeah, I remember when you did that. But the thing is,
0: when we were there, I the only thing that was haunted was the bed. The bed just sucked. I
5: mean, yeah, I <laughs> you tell me that it was, just, it was shitty.
0: It, it, was, it was rock hard, and uh, the only weird thing that happened, we uh, we heard the doorknob jiggling, and that was at, like, three in the afternoon. That was the only weird thing.
5: See, I do want to get back to doing this shit, but it's just, like, you can't really rely on me. Like, I, I, I'm i a good editor. It's just finding the time to do it. That's why I feel like, you know, if we edit together, that's that'll get shit done.
0: Yeah, no, I see what you mean. And that's the other thing, too, because, like, my job
5: I'm plus all it's easier it. it's easier when you have two sets of eyes yeah and plus you could probably see something on there well yeah it's like well remember that one clip i sent you at the end where it wasn't at the bridge it was in my garage and there was some noise at the beginning and i can't i don't know what the noise was oh yeah i do remember that and i even asked you i sent you I said, what is this noise and you're like i have no idea
0: no, oh, I remember that very uh vividly. And the tunnel, didn't you say you brought something back from the tunnel? I was having really bad
5: luck for like the next week. And I, I if I did bring a spear with me, I did I did a cleansing to get rid of it.
0: You wanna talk about uh the uh R the
5: doll? What, what Robert the Doll?
0: Yeah, I didn't want to say his name.
5: I well, dude, you know what's so funny, too? We were talking about it the other night because my my mom, like, they won't, like, they're so scared of that doll my family. So I'm really pissed that nothing came from any of this because I had a great interview recorded. But, it, like, started off when I found fa- I don't know how I found out about Robert the doll, but I, I looked him up. I started doing the research, and I told my mom about Robert the doll. She starts looking him up. Next thing we know, we have a mouse in our house. Uh, so my mom goes on Facebook, we're out to dinner, we go on Facebook, and she she posts on his his Facebook page, I'm sorry, Robert, um, you know, I, I asked for your forgiveness, or I'm sorry, Robert, for looking at your picture, or whatever. Because they say if you go to the museum, and you take a picture of him without his permission, then he will fuck with you, you know, I don't know if it's, you know, what he'll do, give you bad luck, or, or but he'll, you know, haunt you, or... So if my sister-in-law, what?
0: That's for only looking at his picture?
5: Well, that's like if you take a picture. And my sister-in-law pointed out that perhaps looking at a picture where the photographer didn't ask for his permission might be a way to piss him off. Uh, so so we're out to dinner. She apologized to him on Facebook. We get home. The, the the mouse is dead in the trap. Wow. So I got an interview with the museum where he was at. Had a great interview, talked to the woman who's pretty much in charge. Like she travels with him to bring him on shows and she actually has to like sits next to him in a seat, has to put a seat, give him a seat on the airplane. And she's a complete skeptic, too. She doesn't believe in any of it. But she did tell me that the owner of the doll did have an unhealthy obsession with the doll. So I started working on the article and then somehow at the time I was using a phone as my recording device for interviews um an old phone that i had because that's the thing you got these old smartphones man they still got uses so uh, i was using that as a recording device and somehow the phone got smashed and i have no idea how so the interview is lost
0: oh uh, do you think it's because of
5: him i don't know i don't know any i mean it could all be a coincidence like i told rick mccallum about it he goes how's the how's the how's the dog gonna give you a, a rat in your house but um I, I I do think it's interesting that all that happened. I mean, it could have been the doll. It also could have been a coincidence. But I've never apologized to him. Maybe that's why my life sucks.
0: I been uh, Robert
5: the doll all along.
0: Well, there are these YouTubers. You you can probably know them. Sam and Colby. They went to go visit Robert the doll, and
5: uh, did they really? I didn't know they visited. Yeah, I, I I lost interest in them a while ago. They're just kind of annoying. They,
0: well, well, no, they did visit him, and like people said, they, he said, "Look, we're going to show you a picture of the doll." I looked at the video, but I apologized on YouTube just as a just in
5: case, you know. I've never apologized to the doll. No. Well, Chucky is based on Robert the doll.
2: Oh, I didn't know that.
5: Yeah, loosely, obviously, but they made these Robert doll movies, and they're terrible. And the museum actually sued them. There was actually a lawsuit going on at the time. When I did the interviews, she said she she couldn't talk about that exactly because well, she ended up talking to me off the record. But when I was recording, she, said she couldn't talk about it because there was a pending lawsuit. Because right. the second movie takes place in the museum, but the Robert doll movies, it just looked like a male Annabelle. Yeah, that's the funny thing. Annabelle's just a raggedy Ann doll. She looks nothing like she does in the movies, and then Robert the doll is just a little sailor. Pretty much, yeah. Um. I don't know. I just I had I had to to do a, a cleansing of my I had to do a cleansing of my work. One of my managers was convinced that my work was haunted. So uh I went in there with the MF meter. I didn't find anything. I was convinced that there's nothing in there. But then to to ease her mind, I start I did a, a cleansing. And I'm there, you know, just screaming, you know, the you know, you're not welcome here as an employee. I, I I'll tell you I have to leave. I don't care where you go if you pass on, but you can't stay here. The power of Christ compels you all the bullshit just spitting it out. Um, and I only did it for her peace of mind. I I'd know I I had I was very doubtful there was anything in there because I didn't find anything on the EMS. Even though there were employees that claimed they heard voices and shit. That's weird. That's so uh, my manager. Literally heard banging and called the cops. And the cops searched the building and nobody was there.
0: That's where you're at now. Yeah. Do, and does she hear it anymore? or No.
5: She claims she's heard it once after I did the cleansing, because I thought she was gonna it was gonna ease her mind just doing it. But I'll tell you something weird had happened. This could have been anything. Um. When I got home that night after I did the cleansing, my fan, my ceiling fan moved and it was turned off. Really? And I was wondering if that was the spirit either. Like, all right, I'm going to fucking haunt you now, motherfucker. Or it's just <laughs> like, you know, I'm passing on. Thank you.
0: We know the weird, you know, the thing that does carry Ouija boards. I don't want to do one with
5: you. I bought one. You bought like a full one? Yeah, right here. It's all bent up. I could probably flatten it. It was a placemat I bought it at uh, Spirit Halloween, and then I bought a resin um, planchette on uh, Etsy for it because they're expensive. So I got the placemat. This was uh, five bucks, and then I spent like uh, maybe like twelve bucks on the planchette.
0: Do you think that would work, or do you think it's an actual board that's?
5: Man, people do it with people do it with with they they do it with a marker and a paper, and it works. Marker I and did, a paper and a glass.
0: I did that with my with a video I did yesterday, and I like I couldn't tell, like my arm was tingling, but it wasn't like I felt like I didn't get anything.
5: The ghost is never gonna be like, oh no, you don't have a licensed Ouija board, so I'm not gonna communicate with you. Oh, that's true. I mean it's kind of like the, the 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 lights in uh, Stranger Things. It's just it's it's some way to communicate, doesn't matter what it is. See, like that's the thing.
0: I'm like, a... oh. I'll cut that.
5: Why didn't you say God bless you? Oh, God bless you. <laughs> I was thinking no. of dogma. You didn't say God bless you when I sneezed. <laughs> no, but uh... but, um, but yeah, I think that um, I don't think it matters because I mean, yeah, I've seen people do it with like you know that make it the... No, I think I saw SS Sniper Wolf do like a. A Ouija board in a haunted hotel and I think she used like glass hair ties and like she like drew uh, a Ouija board on, with a marker mm. hair ties so, uh, I think th- I remember there were hair ties involved I forget why maybe she put them on the glass so it would slide better
0: I just thought of a weird idea that the hair ties could work she would put it on the uh paper and she would have one uh side of the hair tie and she can move it around, and then, like, wherever the letter wants to go. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Cool. I want to do that now. See if that works.
5: There is the one where you put, like, the two pencils on top of each other. But all the videos I saw, they just blew, the kids just blew on the pencil to make it move. Oh, Charlie, Charlie? Charlie, Charlie. Well, I wanted to do a sketch with you on my uh, Blunt Bob Experience channel where I do Charlie, Charlie, and nothing happens, and you come up from behind me and strangle me. <laughs> I could do that. Did we do something like that on your on your ch- uh, channel? Yeah, we uh, yeah, in your car. I reached. I grabbed you in your car. Yeah, that we
0: did that, and then we did. Uh, a was stunt- that the night I
5: exposed you to COVID? <laughs> yeah,
0: that was the night.
5: I'll never forget that. <laughs> I was the next day. I'm like, dude, I, I feel like an asshole, but uh, I have COVID. <laughs> And that was back when COVID was a big deal too. I mean, that was tw- early, uh, April 2021. Yeah, that was when I first moved. Like I moved to Westchester in
0: 2021 in February, and that's when I started. That
5: was, that was alpha.
0: That was alpha.
5: The, uh, the 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 strains of COVID, like that was the first one.
0: Oh yeah, for, yeah, I forgot about that.
5: That was the rough one. Um, I'm about to take a COVID test when we're done here because I'm I got a cold.
0: What about, uh, what's the other one? It's I know Alpha's one, Omnicron is another one.
5: Yeah, I don't know. They just keep, I know there was Delta.
0: I forgot, yeah, Delta, I remember Delta.
5: Um, What was, I don't know, They. it's always, I don't know, do, how do they pick these strains? It's like, do they go up in the alphabet? Because what happens if they get the Z? <laughs> I
0: don't know. And well, you also, and it's the same thing with hurricanes. They name hurricanes after random people all the time, but you don't ever hear about Hurricane Bob or Hurricane TJ.
5: Yeah, I, I always thought about that too. It's like, when am I going to hear my name? It, it's just, uh, I don't know if there will ever be a TJ. You can, you can get you, maybe your actual first name. You'll get a hurricane. Well, there, I think there have been. Should I not say your real first name? Is that like a big mystery?
0: I mean, probably not. I mean, go for it.
5: But I like. I think I've seen like a Hurricane Ron before, haven't I? Robert. Wait, your first name's Robert. Yes. I thought it was Ron. No. <laughs> oh, so yeah, there hasn't. I, don't, I haven't. I haven't seen the Hurricane Robert. It's Robert. Either one of us wants to be Robert. You're TJ, and I'm Bob. I know what to for, such a terrible name, Robert. This <laughs> Robert. Robert. Oh, I
0: made fun of a lot. Like I got called Robbie a lot in the elementary school, and I hated that.
5: Oh, I hate that. I hate Robbie. I hated Rob. I just uh, yeah, I just like Bob.
0: And TJ, it's my middle. It's Todd Junior. That's that's literally what I've been called my whole life. My dad is, you know, we had the same name. He's Todd,
5: except he wouldn't be TS. Just... Wait, so you're, so wait, your your name's Robert Todd. Yeah. And then the junior's kind of like what, like a nickname. Yeah. Why did they just name you Todd Junior?
0: I wasn't there.
5: <laughs> I gotta
0: ask my aunt that.
5: I think or but,
0: my um, No, I'll do a Ouija board with her.
5: Wait, so you said you I gotta ask your aunt?
0: Either her or my grandmother, but my grandmother
5: Your, your parents aren't around?
0: No, they are. <laughs> I don't I so I my parents are like don't tell I'll be like, hey mom, uh what's uh how did I get my first name? Well, you know, it was 1995 and my water broke. And then uh, we had to send your sister somewhere. Like, it it would just be a whole big fucking thing. And And my dad's like, yeah, I remember that. She was a real pain in the ass.
5: I went to a bar and got beers. So I want to get back to a topic we were talking about earlier. But, like, you mentioned, um, you know, being on the spectrum a lot on here. Yeah, I mentioned I had uh, Asperger's. Well now now it's just you what now you that's gone now it's so you're just high functioning autism now it's called
0: something like I don't even know I mean I and that's the thing with my parents too I I don't think I had Asperger's I think I'm really perfectly fine I just had a learning disability that was it
5: Were you actually diagnosed with it did you like take the I don't know cuz I think there's a lot of similarities with you know the spectrum and OCD
0: Probably. I mean, and that's the thing. I think I have
5: OCD. Well, I don't know if I have OCD. I don't even know what I have. Yeah, because because the thing, it's interesting, too, because people on the spectrum, people with OCD actually have vitamin D deficiencies.
0: Probably. I mean.
5: And I don't know what the connection there is, why we have a vitamin D deficiency. But um, it was funny. So I was talking to my therapist and I said, since I'm here, does that mean that I am officially diagnosed with OCD? And he just goes, yeah, you have OCD. It was like, so matter of fact, he's like, yeah, you got fucking OCD, dude. You're fucked. The thing is, I, I had to go to therapy in eighth
0: grade.
5: Yeah, I mean, I've been in therapy my whole life and never did me any good. The only reason I'm seeing a therapist now, because, you know, like being a spiritual coach, it all happened because I found, you know, I basically found a way to fix myself without the therapy. therapy. Um, but um, I'm only in therapy now is because I'm seeing a specialist. Because for OCD, I have to see a specific like OCD therapist, like a specific type of therapist that specializes in OCD. So I don't go in there and talk about my feelings. I talk about my OCD and then we do an uh, exposure therapy. Uh, so it's like, that's all we talk about. I don't have like, I don't go there and it's like oh, something happened this week. It's been bothering me. It's more so like, oh, you know, I've been, uh, I had intrusive thoughts in the target about uh, hurting a turtle. <laughs> No, I, I get that. I, when I went to therapy, I just, that person drove me nuts. Yeah. I mean, most therapists are fucking idiots, honestly, in my opinion. And that's why I think, you know, I, I like the resurgence in, or the, is it resurgence or just the surgeons in, in coaches? Because it's like, I got in a fight with somebody in one of my OCD support groups on Facebook and I actually left the chat and I just focused on another one that I actually liked more. But she says something about a psychiatrist. Said, I don't have a psychiatrist. She goes, no, no, don't do that. Don't." And I'm like, don't tell me how to do things because you're not me. Just because you've been told that there's one way to do things doesn't mean there's one way. Everybody should be able to forge their own path. And she doesn't even know the whole story. I'm seeing a, an OCD therapist who's not a fan of medication, mind you. Um, So it's like I'm on medication. I have a therapist. I just don't have a psychiatrist. Mm. I've been in the same meds for a long time. I, I know, yeah, you know, I can deal with my medication. So it's like, I, I just hate the people. Everybody thinks that, oh, this is the way you're supposed to do it. Well, why are we supposed to do it that way? Because one person said it once and we all thought that was the way to go. And how's that working out for everyone? Stop. I mean, there's a reason why 12 step recovery has a five percent success rate because they think that everything's done one way and everybody's supposed to be treated the same way and I think I talked about this last time I was on yeah you did and that's not how things work man because we're all fucking individuals like like you said too you don't know what the fuck you had <laughs> you know who and, and to me it's just like I recently had a client reach out to me and wanted to see me and then canceled because their doctor told them to give the therapist that they, the doctor recommended a chance. And I said to them, I said, don't do something that someone else expects of you do. what feels right for you.
0: Yeah, exactly.
5: So I love when I come on to, we talk about so many fucking different things.
0: Yeah, and that's what, well, that's what's like, a lot of guests, like, even when I try to, like, schedule guests, like, we always talk about, I try to go away from, like, their music or their comedy or whatever they're doing,
5: because I feel like that's more authentic. I talk about my comedy all the time when I go on podcasts. It's like, uh, I, and that's, and I mean, what is there to talk about? I go on stage and I talk about my dick for 20 minutes.
2: <laughs>
5: yeah. I'm actually rewriting my entire routine. I'm trying a whole new thing. I've been inspired by Pete Davidson. Um, And I realized that my life has been so fucking weird and fucked up. I really need to use that as material.
0: I started putting personal thoughts in my like t- stories uh, sh- on my show.
5: I'm also focusing on my new shtick as being the canceled comedian.
0: I like that. I mean, because cancel culture is around, so I mean that.
5: See, most comedians get canceled for saying something offensive. I get canceled for existing. <laughs> it's like Louis C.K. That, women... that was That was actually one of the jokes. Uh, Louis C.K. goes on. It goes out as women watch him jerk off. And then gets gets canceled, but then returns with a new special. Like everybody accepts him back. Yet nobody wants to book me because I'm a little bipolar.
0: And that's
5: what they don't like? Oh, yeah, because I would be famous. I've been doing this so long, I'd be famous by now, but I can't stop telling people to go fuck themselves. <laughs> yeah, so, no, I get it. I just, I look, I'm passionate. I I stick to my morals, and I don't take any bullshit. I don't fucking kiss ass. I don't turn the other cheek. I don't, you know, grim and, grin and bear it. I speak my fucking mind.
0: And that's what a lot of people don't like,
5: no, people hate that. people hate fucking honesty,
0: yeah I mean that's the thing like i I love speaking my mind, but like my family fucking hates it. I mean, yeah,
5: yeah, mine I, too.
0: I spoke my mind to my mom and sister so many times, and it and even my dad and it got ugly like in 2019 that was like probably one of the worst times, and that's why I like I try to speak my mind, but not to the extent that I used to.
5: Speaking of, can we also address, this was, what year did you get married? 21. Okay. You, at the beginning of October, you text me and say, yo, dude, would you like to go to a wedding on Halloween? And I said, yeah, man, I really wish I could, but I have a gig that night. And then on Halloween you post on Facebook, I just married my best friend. So I text you. I'm like, wait, it was your wedding?
0: Yeah, that was kind of like the thing I was doing. Like I was trying to like build suspense because I didn't tell anybody. Like I didn't even tell my parents. Yeah, but
5: you said a wedding. You didn't say, Hey, I want to invite you to my wedding. Yeah, I like I, said, you just I was, said, Can you come can you come to A Wedding? And I I thought you wanted me to do a gig. I thought you wanted me to perform.
0: No, it was more picture taken because I knew you did all that.
5: But then when you, uh, but then uh, then I saw I didn't realize it was your wedding that you were inviting me to.
0: Yeah, no, I I don't remember. Like I remember saying that, but I don't remember why. I just didn't say my wedding.
5: Yeah, and then, and then a couple weeks ago, I'm working, and this chick sits down and goes, "I was told by my Lyft driver that the only bartender here that he recommends is a fat ball guy (laughs) named Bob." Yeah. I did tell her that, yeah. And then she goes, I say, who was your, what was his name? She goes, TJ. And then I go, oh, that piece of shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I told her that because she was like, what's a good, I said, oh, I go to Applebee's all the time. She was like, who, do you know anybody there? I was like, yeah, I know a guy named Bob. He runs the bar, just go there. He's a good bartender. And then she was like, oh, cool, I'll, I'll mention your name. I was like, all right, that's
5: fine. Yeah, and then and then I texted you, and I'm like, You've literally never sat down at my bar. No, but we sat at your table. Yeah. That, that's how I that was so weird that you literally texted me. You met like, me on Facebook like the day before that day.
2: Yeah.
5: And then you happened to be in my table. And I was freaked out by it. And like, I think it was I think it was my my best friend or something like had me ask the host if you requested me.
0: Oh yeah, I remember that. And then I told you that because like you took my ID and you're like, wait a minute, like I know this guy he looks like it. I was like, Yeah, it's my twin brother, and then you're like, Yeah. That doesn't make sense because you're with the girl that TJ has on his Facebook. Yeah, then
5: I went in the bathroom and I was talking shit on you to you. <laughs> um Well you and you know, like there's nothing I would ever say behind someone's back I wouldn't say to their face. Yeah. Um, that's why, because she took it like she took it the wrong way when I called you a piece of shit, and I'm like, no, he's actually a buddy of mine. But that was like my initial reaction was like, ah, that piece of shit, dude. I loved when you were trolling Spaz Beverage, and then because they came into Applebee's and I showed them your video, then they started like commenting on the video, so you went with it, and.
0: And I go in there, and like I think they know, like there's a few people that know who I am, but they don't fuck with me. It's weird. I go in there and like buy beer.
5: That chick was so pissed, and she literally like they all. I think she created an account just to fucking like talk shit to you, and then she, you like, where you would like, you would just do videos driving by. Who is the worst beer store in the world? you like, oh, <laughs> And that then she's was... like, "Why do you talk to this guy?" <laughs> like she was so she was so repulsed by you. <laughs> uh, did she still come in or no? I don't think I don't I don't recall seeing. I mean, this was years ago when I was still serving. Um. So like I I don't they've never come to my bar at least because this was also this was a while ago. So weird this to see how long ago. Two or twenty one or twenty two. Yeah, but <laughs> I loved you, I loved how you went with it though. That was awesome. And, but
0: there's nowhere else to go. Like, I did the, the worst thing I could go in there. I could go into the bar and have my camera out. Don't be as bad as just give him my beer. You but know then, what I've been watching a lot of is this YouTuber, Blake Backard. Oh, is that the guy that like dresses up, that like goes into random places and just fucks around with people?
5: Like, yeah, he pretends he works there.
0: Yeah. I've seen that yeah, guy. Yeah, dude.
5: Well, I love that he goes on road trips just to, and then he'll like stop at places just to do pranks. And he'll, like, live out of his car while he's making videos.
0: I like that he kind of vlogs
5: first, and then he goes... Yes, I love that it's a whole thing. It's not just, like, it's just not a quick prank, but it's a whole, like, episode almost. Like yeah. you get a glimmer and then he'll do other stuff too. And then I, I love that. He'll walk into a random place and do the narration for the video, tell to a random person and then walk out, like, instead of saying, okay, so they, they kicked us out of that place. Now we're going to go to this place. He, he just goes to a random person, tells them that and films it. The only thing I don't like about his videos is that he loses a lot of possible content because they don't hide the camera. Yeah, because the camera's right in front of everybody, so people know. Yeah, but even when they're doing, like, like the vlogging shit, like, he goes to Walmart to buy the shirt he needs to wear or something, and then he gets thrown out of that Walmart because he's filming. Yeah. It, but he actually got banned from all Lowe's in the country for two years. Why'd he get, why from all of them? Uh, he he was pranking, he pranked a couple Lows, and then the whole fucking store, he got banned from every single store. For two years. For two years, so stupid. Um, I feel like you're the only person that would actually do videos like that with me, because I would love to do videos like that. I used
0: to do videos like that. My very like very beginning, I would go fuck around on Walmart and uh, Toys R Us when it was around.
5: See, but it's so easy to conceal a camera now, and especially because I'm assuming he's got a big DSLR on a rig.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. He definitely, does. and that's why. Pete, that's why he gets kicked out because they yeah. don't want to. But I... I have he's also
5: mic'd up, too, which is great. And that's actually convenient, because you think about it, you can keep the camera far away, because he's mic'd up. So you can hear everything fine. Do you,
0: but I do have a theory about, like, why they don't like being filmed, though, like the uh, big companies. Why? Because a lot of people say, you know, let's say Wawa, for example, they their higher-ups or bosses treat them like shit, and they... And The bosses don't want to be perceived like that when they're being while cameras
5: out. Also, I think it's really interesting because you remember back in the day when everybody's faces were blurred out without their consent. But he literally, like, I think legally it seems that he's allowed to just film people. And like they, because they constantly say, I'm going to sue you. I'm going to get your video taken down. But they don't, clearly. And, And all they ever do, all the cops usually ever do is just tell them to leave and that's it.
0: Yeah, and he's put a lot of people's faces on uh, YouTube. uh, YouTube, I've
5: never seen him blur someone out, and he always has. Like he gets the cops called on him a lot.
0: Yeah, but that's the thing. Like that's what vlogging was all about back in like twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen. Like people would just do random reckless shit, vlog, and then go to
5: Walmart and just destroy something. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's like it's Jackass, really. I mean, Jackass was the you know what. Started all that. Now people have. Now that we have YouTube, everyone's able to do it.
0: Yeah, and I, I kind of miss that style of vlog and just like filming like something you did during the day and then doing the actual thing.
5: Yeah, and that's what I like about his channel is that, like, like you said, he he combines the vlogging in with the pranks. Yeah, and like, and like a lot of it is like his his. And he calls. It's funny because he calls his cameraman his filmer. Like I don't know if he knows any terms. (laughs) But he's, like, he'll just be walking around, like, filming everything. It's not just the prank itself, but, like, everything going into the prank or him. Or, like, and I love, too, when he, like, surprises fans or get fans to come do a prank with him.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a good, he's good at content. And that's what I mean. Like, that style back in the day was, like, so great. I I say back in the day like it was years ago, but it really was. It was six years ago. It's almost, like, a decade.
5: He's also, like, he seems like a really nice guy, but he's really good at being an asshole. (laughs) because <laughs> i could see you and me doing stuff like that like you know he would just be like like he goes to a museum and they wouldn't let him film the museum so he's filming in the gift shop and then uh he goes yeah uh, you can't touch any of the artifacts upstairs you can but you can touch everything in the gift shop and he goes so we can touch the artifacts down here but we can't touch the artifacts up there well these aren't artifacts you like, tell me about this artifact here so this is an actual artifact but he'll just keep fucking doing it that's why, like, I would love to do stuff like that, because I can definitely, I have a skill that someone could give me a compliment, and I will turn it into them insulting me. Really? I can turn anything, I can be defensive about anything. Give me a compliment.
0: Uh, you look great.
5: Why are you tell me I look great? Why? Because you think I normally don't look great, that you need to bring it up now, you need to bring up that I look great now, and you're saying I usually don't look great, or you're just trying to tell me I look great because I don't look great, and you're just trying to make me feel better. Why do you think my ego is so low that I even need you to tell me that?
0: That's the skill that you have?
5: Yeah, I can turn anything, I can make anything sound like I'm being insulted.
0: You can mind fuck people with that too.
5: Yeah, that's why I would love to do stuff like what he does, because I could totally do that. With anything something somebody says, I can completely manipulate their words. Yeah, hey. As an honest guy, I could be very manipulative. Yeah. I could be deceptive, manipulative. I don't know. I I'm I'm the real life George Costanza. <laughs> Speaking of which, I just saw the new episode of Kirby Enthusiasm, and I'm so hyped for the last season.
2: I never saw. I feel it. like he
5: can. It's. I mean, it really is just a continuation of Seinfeld, but instead of you know, it's just about George. Oh, is it? Well, it's Larry David playing himself, but George is based on Larry David. So cool. just picture Seinfeld with with just George, and that's what it is.
0: I think, I think some shows have done that. They've like made spinoffs of their own of like another like the second one of the secondary main characters
5: yeah but this is different because it's not george it's the guy who created george right
0: so
5: it's the character it's the guy that george is based on playing himself but ideally it's the same character gotcha huh but i have a theory the true difference between george and larry is that george larry thinks he's the good guy and george knows he's a bad guy i can see that because george is always like i'm deceptive i'm manipulative you know i'm a mastermind and then larry is like i'm not the bad guy i'm not the bad guy here Hmm. but i'm really gonna miss Kirby enthusiasm because it's not only is it the only show on tv where i can completely relate to a character like i was on a date recently And I told her my personality is Larry David on Kirby Enthusiasm. That's me as a person. What did she say? Well, I remember I said to her, because she was Jewish, and I said, I'm an extrovert who just has a strong disdain for the human race. And she goes, well, you're Jewish. But I mean, I'm an extrovert who hates people. I mean how many times did I reschedule whenever you asked me to come on This time took what like three attempts
0: Yeah about three times yeah
5: Yeah. <laughs> because the, the 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 thought of talking to another human being is an awful thing for me <laughs> I I got to do it all day at work I mean I, I you know I'm a coach and a men's counselor like I I can, I only have so much social energy to to, to give out What's like my like- buddy wanted to hang out on no because Sunday, Sunday I was supposed to go, uh, do the podcast and then go on a date. Um, why didn't we do it on Sunday? Oh, because you could do it. I was on the date and you had to do it later.
0: Yeah, yeah, I
5: had I was out doing something. But I was I was so concerned about having to go on a podcast, then go on a date. That's a lot of being socially on. That's a lot of social energy. So then the next day, I had four appointments scheduled. And I've been exhausted because this weekend of work killed me. I had four meetings scheduled. And I was able to cancel two of them. (laughs) Two of them I couldn't cancel. But I was able to get at least knock out half of them. Because I was supposed to have a meeting with Mark Mackner about the new Daisy movie. Because I'm helping him write it. Then I'm being interviewed by a university student because she's doing a her thesis on neo-shamanism. I'm, I'm going to be a big part of it. Uh, then I had a men's group to facilitate a meeting. And then I had the podcast with you. And I'm like, that's too much. I can't <laughs> do all that in one day.
0: So that interview that that you're doing with that college student, is that the one that works with you?
5: No, no, she found me online. Oh, did she? Yeah. And um, she's working with other shamanic practitioners but uh, she said that she's like, uh, you're very different than all the other ones. I'm like, I'm definitely different. <laughs> <laughs> so she said, I'm going to be a big part of it. So she wants to meet with me like four or five times. And she said she wants me to kind of like take take the reins on what you know we'll be doing. Yeah. Because she's like, oh, we have to t- also talk about your pseudonym because pseudonym, it needs to be confidential. And I'm over here like, I was trying to promote my business by doing this. Yeah. But uh, and I'm like, you're not gonna do a good, good job with a pseudonym for the only heavy metal spiritual coach there is. So people are gonna know it's me because there's no other sp- heavy metal spiritual coach. Yeah, and that's what I'm you've still been... blown away that I'm the first at something.
0: No, I know, and that's what you've been doing recently with everything, right? Ooh.
5: I had my hourly gong just went off. I mean, yeah, and I'm working on content at the Heavy Metal Healer. I have a TikTok and Instagram, and I'm working on a YouTube page, which is going to have videos and um, meditations and stuff. Yeah. Huh. I did just make a video about OCD. It literally, the video opens with me putting my hands in the dirt. Yeah.
2: Because
5: that's my whole point is that, you know, I'm not like. You know how many do you know how many TV shows there are with a main character of OCD? How many?
0: Three. Really?
5: That's it. There's tons of movies. There's, there's a good amount of movies. But I mean, maybe four if you consider season two of girls, but that only lasts like one season when she had OCD. But every show, it's like everything media wants you to think that OCD is people washing their hands, organizing, touching lampposts. Like, because we love seeing Monk act all goofy and it's funny, but there's a show called Pure. Um, it's a show in England. I think it was originally on HBO Max. Now it's on Amazon Prime. It is the only show to exist, the only show or movie to truly capture OCD. And there's a point where they say to her, Are "You have OCD," and she goes, "No, I'm not. Like, I'm messy. How do I have OCD?" And they're like, "That's not what OCD is," because this is about a show about a woman who has intrusive thoughts of sex so she constantly sees sex and she's doing the speech at her parents anniversary dinner and she starts picturing all her family fucking each other and she that was the first time her ocd ever attacked like went after her family so she moved to england to get away from london to get away from everyone And uh, she starts, like, you know, making new friends and everything and starts understanding, like, what her condition is. And she doesn't know. So first she's like, well, maybe I'm gay. So she starts going. uh, She goes out with a woman. She's like, nope, I'm not gay. Then she's like, maybe I'm a sex addict and goes to a sex addict meeting. She goes, nope, I'm not a sex addict. And then somebody finally, like, tells her it's OCD. And this show got uh, did not get picked up for a second season even though it was well-received because people don't care about the actual condition. They just want to see Monk, you know, freaking out because he does something dirty and touching, you know, touching a lamppost. And, Mm. but I had so many issues with just how nobody knows what OCD really is. And people normalizing it saying like, Oh, I'm so OCD. I'm so OCD. It's like, no, you're not 2% of people have OCD. You're not OCD. Yeah. That
0: was a deja vu moment right there. (laughs) What do you mean? When you said uh that sentence that you just said how everyone has O C D
5: did I say it at the beginning? Is that why?
0: I was yeah. that's why I was like, wait a minute, I was like, that's deja vu right there. Holy shit.
5: I just I just repeated myself, that was all.
0: Um uh, I not that at the time, but um
5: We've no, been yeah. at this for an hour.
0: Yeah, I know. It feels doesn't feel like an hour though.
5: Yeah, well, congratulations on five hundred episodes. Thank I'll come you. back when you hit a <laughs> thousand.
0: So actually I told everyone this and I tell I told the podcast this after uh I have a date. So next June of uh June second, twenty twenty five will be the final uh the final episode of my podcast ever.
5: Didn't you say you were gonna stop vlogging and then you kept vlogging? Yeah,
0: but so like what so what I'm doing with the show is like I wanna cancel TJ TV altogether just because like I've been at it for ten years and uh, which will be next year, and I'm going to rebrand my podcast, like just do interviews, strictly interviews and have like a whole new like set up. That's what I wanna do.
5: Yeah. Because know, like, it's like Gordon Ramsay becoming a golfer.
0: Yeah. Pretty Much that, that but I want to work on my interviews, and you know what I mean? Like, I do a lot of interviews, but still, it's just like,
5: I mean, I it's wanna... the worst interview in history because we've just been talking ah. about nothing, yeah. Pretty much, <laughs> it's fine though. I like
0: it, I, I don't mind. I mean, it. I've
5: been on, I, but I've been on here enough times, and you've and we've done more interview formats too. I mean, but I figured for this one, we were just bullshitting. Um, yeah. that's literally
0: what I did the last because I had two other guests on before, so that's what we did. So this is probably going to be one of the longest episodes ever, too. Oh,
5: yeah, because you're going to have, what, like three one-hour segments?
0: Something like that, yeah. And then, like, sometimes some of the segments go over, and that that's really it.
5: Yeah, I did a podcast once, um, Evolving with Corey Castle, uh, which you'd really love. Um, and I think I did an hour and 45-minute interview. Yeah. And I was on his podcast for an hour and 45 minutes, maybe more. I think it was even longer, like almost like three hours. And like me and him like had to like fight each other, use the bathroom when we stopped recording. I'm like, no, no, I'm gonna pee first. <laughs> we both had to pee first like a motherfucker. I did do, I've I, done like I've done really long I've been on podcasts for like a long, you know, long period of time. I've done long interviews.
0: Yeah, I mean I love long interview. Long interviews, and it's not even just an interview because like you do the interview for the first five minutes of the show and then like it's just bullshit
5: for the next like 45 minutes. So I recently hit up my best friend and I told him I'm going to blackmail him. And he goes, what? And I'm like, actually, I think it's technically extortion. So I, you probably saw this post on Facebook, where right? He said, I am quitting. This is my official, official resignation from on. I saw I that. I'm leaving on all shows. The producers, performers, everything. Unless Adam agrees to do a second season of tales from the chopper if he agrees to my demands, I will commit to life. If not, then that's that. And he says to me, he goes, dude, you're going to have to blackmail me for that. But, um, so hopefully me and him will be getting back to doing Tales from the Chopper for a second season. And we want to do a special, which will probably be a live stream for Carl Weathers. Oh, yeah,
0: because he just passed away recently.
5: Yeah, and I mean, you know, our, our show's about 80s movies, and he was an 80s icon. So we're, we're going to do Action Jackson, Uh, probably do a live stream where we talk about it. Did you hear about Toby Keith dying today? I did see. That. And I only knew that because a comedian I work with always likes that whenever somebody dies, he goes, everything was going great for Toby Keith. And then wham. Well, so
0: fun. So fun fact about that. My uncle, he was a rigger. He would do the lights up in the stadium. But he, that's what he did. He would just move the lights. <laughs> And and he worked with uh, Toby Keith for a minute, and um, I don't know if he saw it. I didn't message him, but...
5: I detest country music. What do you mean? Like, you hate it? I I can't stand it. The only thing... You know, I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. And and I love how everybody loves to hate her. Um, And honestly, I liked her when she went more pop. I didn't really like her more country stuff. But... I liked her and I liked and I like Miley Cyrus and she used to be very country early on. Um
0: yeah, Miley Cyrus. I like her now.
5: But the only like I'll tell you, there's Sebastian Bach did a song did a reality show called Gone Country, where they got like rockers and had them do country songs. And he he made a really good one called like bottom of the bottle or something. It was probably like the best country song I've ever seen It was by and it was like a country song I actually liked because it was by, a, you know, a rocker, a metal front man. There's a, um, are you a fan of rush? Yeah, I like rush. I'm not a huge fan of rush, but I mean, you know, Tom Sawyer is a great song. Getty Lee has a documentary
0: on uh paramount where he goes to uh bass player's houses. He goes to Robert uh, T from Metallica and goes to somebody from Nirvana but he goes there and they do like an interview. It's really cool. Uh, Getty Lee, our bass player's human too, I think it's called.
5: One of my favorite, probably my favorite, you know, uh, music documentary is We Are Twisted Fucking Sister.
0: <laughs> I love music. I mean, music documentaries that were great though. I love it.
5: I gotta see The Dirt. I haven't seen that movie yet. Never saw The Dirt? No, I remember when it came out. Oh It's so- like, it's one of those things I feel like I'm like I, I, I want to give it my full attention. I don't know if I have enough attention to give it right now.
0: It's so fucking dark. I mean like i I saw it once and like it's it's not even dark. it's graphic
5: i i don't I did not like the the Metallica documentary.
0: I saw bits and pieces of that.
5: it almost makes you hate them, yeah, <laughs> yeah they're like, we're a brand. That's my that's my issue with Metallica now is that they're too much of a brand and not enough of a band. Did you hear the I, new album? I saw the single, like the the one they added. The music video it was pretty cool. It had almost like an Iron Maiden feel. I'm more of a Slayer fan. I, okay. I think Slayer's a better band. I've always been
0: a fan of Metallica. I don't know why. My sister was.
5: I, I like. One. I like Metallica. You know, Metallica is a great band, but I just hate. Feel like they went too commercial
0: yeah no i get that i mean and the other thing too like i don't like when bands and artists do pot like have like a political opinion because like it's just
5: it, yeah. it doesn't feel like a band it just feels like a, a political story. i don't i i only like it when they have the same opinion as me yeah
0: <laughs> i well that I, said, I don't care about politics. Politics
5: is just like, whatever I talk so about. I'm so over politics. It's just, I don't care anymore. You got a whole other thing? It, there's really no fucking difference between Biden and Trump. No. Everything, like I had a, a bar guest tell me about like oh uh, Biden's this, that, that, and I'm like, Biden or Trump because Biden. And he's like, Oh, but he's this, this, and this, and I'm like, Biden or Trump, he goes, Biden, and he goes, Oh, and he's this, 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 and this. And I get it, and I say Biden or Trump, he goes, Both of them. I'm like, Exactly. Yeah. It- it's like dude, there's no fucking difference. And and the 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 right has gone too far right, the left has gone too far left, and I'm sitting here in the middle with my cup of coffee. Yeah.
0: And there, no one can get along with anybody. It's just, it, it's going to be like that for the next, like, six to nine months. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now that there's an election again. It's going to be hell. It's going to be a civil war again. This I can't wait because, like, I'm going to be I'm definitely going to be streaming live for election night.
5: I did it I did yeah. it here. Uh, people are like, what side are you on? Pick a side. I'm like, why the fuck you need me to pick a side? I'm just in the middle. <laughs> we, um, I I'm like, You know, but there's, it depends. It's certain things, certain things I'm left-leaning.
0: There's, I agree with both sides, but I disagree with both sides. Yeah, I agree with that. Because, like, there's certain things I believe, and then there's certain things I don't agree, like the Roe versus Wade uh, situation, I don't agree with that.
5: Dude, I don't understand how anybody could agree. I don't want kids, right? Um, I want to get a vasectomy. And the Roe versus Wade, you know, thing with that, that it affects that too. Yeah. It affects condoms. Why are people trying to force me to have kids? We're overpopulated as it is, and like let people do whatever the fuck they want. It's and it, 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 until the day that you have to carry their baby for nine months inside of you, you don't have a say what they do with their bodies. Yeah, no, nah,
0: that's that that whole thing is stupid. I mean. Because like say if like any if a girl got like raped mm. and she has a she has a kid, she's gonna wanna get that baby aborted because it's not hers and she got assaulted. I
5: remember and, when Ted Cruz said that the women can expel the semen?
0: I remember. yeah, I remember that. He's an idiot. <laughs> They're all it, the, the, there was this one, uh Chris Como was
5: he was oh, in God, her- dude. I, I love Chris Cuomo. I'm pissed that they they took him off the air.
0: No, but the, he he was on. A, he was interviewing a Tourette's student or a Tourette's uh, someone with Tourette's, and every time the person would like have like a, a a tick, he would start laughing in the middle of the interview, and he and he was trying not to laugh, and she was just like saying this live on there. Fuck Chris. Fuck you. Fuck it, like kept saying that. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I uh oh my god his brother man was such like everybody loved him during covid and then he turned out to be a piece of shit
0: that, that's that's everybody though i feel like
5: yeah well that's why I, I love the interviews with cuomo and giuliani
0: yeah well that's uh, one thing i hate about tv now or about like internet you can have access to so many things so i'm, I'm going off based on what you said about covid like Trump exposed uh, Howard Stern for saying the N word on one of his New Year's special, uh. and it's real. It's him like doing blackface and saying the N word, and then there's uh someone else exposed Joe Rogan, and then there's someone else exposing that person that was on the news, and it, it was just like n- now with internet, you can expose anybody for saying what they said like tw- ten twenty years ago. Uh,
5: Shane Gillis, um, me and my buddy were talking recently and uh we knew him when he went to uh, westchester uh, we don't remember where we met him we don't remember what we talked about we don't remember when we met him um all we remember is that we met him but um he it was funny cuz he got um <clears throat> he got uh hired to be on snl and then all of a sudden, some dirt came out about him. I think he said the N-word or something on stage. And he's on the subway. And every time he hits a new spot, he gets another message about like what, what's coming out about him. And he said, by the time I got to my spot, my stop, I was cancelled. Mm. And um, he recovered from it. Like, yeah, he was fired from SNL, but he ended up still becoming a successful comedian. Wow. <clears throat> It's crazy. Oh So it's it's crazy to think about that story where he's like every time he hits a stop, it's like, oh you you do this, this, and by the time he gets to his last stop, you're like, Yeah, you're fired from S N L Yeah,
0: that's fucked up. I mean
5: And I was just dreaming to be on SNL. But now he's just, uh
0: he's a great comedian.
5: Successful. Yeah. Did you see the machine?
0: No, I don't think it no, I didn't.
5: Bert Kreishner, it's the movie that they made about his bit that got him famous. Hmm. Um, like, I really wish something like that happened to me as a comedian. Because like he's got this crazy story that he uses, and he got famous because of it. And I'm like, man, how come I never got tied in with the Russian mob?
0: I, uh, my first episode, I had a lot of activist groups after
5: me. Really? Yeah, which ones?
0: At the women activist group, I had uh, uh, what was it called? Jehovah Witness, not the, not Jehovah Witness, but like, <laughs> what the fuck are they called?
5: Like Mormons? the
0: Bible thumper groups. I have one of those people after me.
5: What was? Do they still have that one called God hates queers or something? Is that still around?
0: I think that's still around. But I had two groups after me because I demoralized women in that
5: episode. I mean, did you? Yeah, I did. (laughs) See, that's the problem is that, you know, everything, everybody's too soft now. Yeah. And it's like, people get offended so easily. It's like, I grew up in the 90s and nobody gave a shit. No. It's like, I was my brother, like, so um, I hate Charles Martinet. And I'm I'm glad I, I I was we we're still on so I could say that because it's very important to me to let people know. Um and then Charles Martinette, if you're listening, fuck you, you ruined my childhood. Because he's from Brooklyn. Mario's from Brooklyn. He shouldn't sound like it's a me. It makes no fucking sense. <laughs> he should sound every actor to play Mario before Charles Martinet did a Brooklyn accent. And People try to call him the original voice. He's not the original. Lu Albano was the original. And on Super Mario Super Show, the I think it was the first episode, uh, Lu Albano says, Mario says, Fuck you, Luigi. And if you apparently, if you like use the subtitles, it says, What about you, Luigi? But if you listen to it, he said, Oh, fuck you, Luigi. And my brother's like, Did they just Got away with it. I'm like, yeah, we didn't give a. They didn't give a shit in the '80s. It was yeah. a kid's show, and he said, "Oh, fuck you, Luigi."
0: <laughs>
5: yeah, it's just every. You're right, though. It, like, no
0: one gave a shit back. Even in like mid 2000s, nobody really gave a shit.
5: Oh, I mean, there's lots of stuff you can't get away with now that you were able to get away with, like on, like, look at Kirby Enthusiasm, things that he did earlier on the show uh, that you can't do now. And I love the one episode of Seinfeld where everybody thought Jerry and George was gay. I remember. Yeah, I remember. Gay. But I love how every time they said, "They think we're gay. We're not gay," and every time they said it, they'll go, "Not there's anything wrong with that." <laughs> and I, it brings me back to this um, Louis C.K. joke, dude. I'm gonna get canceled from fucking being on your show now, um, <laughs> where he said. You know, um, he's talking it is a bit about the word um, faggot. And he goes, like, faggot doesn't mean gay. Like, if, if, if I saw two guys sucking each other's dicks, I wouldn't say anything. But then if one of them said something like faggoty, like people from Phoenix are Phoenicians, then I'd be like, shut up, faggot, and keep sucking that dick. <laughs> These aren't my words. These are Louis C.K.'s. But I'm like, yeah, I mean, things didn't, people, we didn't break things down so much, like, to what the words really... Because, I mean, a word is just a word, man. We give the words power. You don't have to give a word power. Yeah. You choose to be offended by a word. It's just a fucking word. It's got nothing. Yeah, that's all it is. I mean, yes, there's some things... There are... Hateful words can, can hurt people, absolutely. But, I mean letting them do it makes things worse, and you're giving the power to the word. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I, I'm i a big Mark Manson fan, and it's like, you know, I love the subtle art of not giving a fuck. And he says that there's very few things in life worth giving a fuck about. Yeah, no, I I see that.
0: um, But, oh, wow. I'm going to get going, though. He did this for about uh, an hour
5: minutes uh i i support gay rights i support racial equality i support gender equality um i don't want to end it with that rant i just went on so I... <laughs> no
0: it's all good i yeah i mean i support everyone too i mean do what you want that's why i look at it
5: just i just think people need to get less angry because yeah. you're, you're giving the other side more power when you let them piss you off
0: yeah definitely uh yeah no thank you again for coming on and uh thanks for having me all right everybody I'll see you guys later have fun and um you know support everybody love everybody
5: yeah love everyone except for um <laughs> I don't know I don't know I was gonna go with that it would have been funny though if I actually had no, I was just
0: thinking about like except except for Bob it was, except for both it, Robert, Roberts who are uh
5: don't accept except, both Robert. except for people who say I didly ho
0: yeah that too all right see you everybody except
5: for people who say "anywho."
0: <laughs> all right bye everybody sure.
3: remember when you ran away and i got on my knees and begged you not to leave because i go berserk well, well. you left me anyhow and then the and worse, and now you see I've gone completely out of my mind. And they're coming to take me away, haha! They're coming to take me away, ho ho, hee hee, To the funny farm where life is beautiful all the time, and I'll be happy to see those nice young men in their clean white coats, and they're coming to take
2: me away.